Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, the 11th. It sounds very distant in here today. I've got no idea why. It sounds... I sound as I'm talking in a tin can. I'm sorry I can't be, actually, because I know I'm definitely not in a in a tin can. Perhaps we've sort of... Has Nick been adjusting levels in there, as per usual? Always, I can't hear you at all now. That's a bonus, isn't it? Thank God we finally screwed the studio up so we can't hear the producer, which is great. Anyway, nice to have you company. Welcome along to the, uh, the programme. Uh, all the things... Now the music's vanishing completely. What's going on with these levels today? He was only telling me before the programme. He goes, oh, yeah, he said, I'm really good at driving the desk. It sounded nothing but awful for the last two minutes or so. What's the matter with you today? Have you ever driven, you know, disc jockeys where you sort of ride the music? Goodness sake, you're supposed to hear it. It's supposed to be, you know, part of the integral effect. It's what wins people over to this programme. It's a case of winning them over because they go, those levels are really balanced. I mean, to be honest with you, I could have got a cat with two legs to have balanced it better than that. That was dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. Dreadful. That's a bad mark for you. And you know I've got that meeting this week. Oh, dear me. We just need to play this a little bit back. Anyway, how are you? Thank you to Nick Abbott. He's back with you tomorrow morning. It's Tuesday, the 11th of October. Did go yesterday to see uh, the new film. Uh, it's, uh, it's very good. It's very good. The book, I don't think, was so great, but the film is ten times better. It really is. It's with Tom Hanks. It's called Inferno, and I think it's going to be at cinemas almost to me, probably today, actually. And so Ron Howard will be coming in this week for a chat. Can't wait, actually. Cannot wait. Somebody who's achieved so much in that bit. Who'd have thought? From Richie Cunningham to Inferno. And they, they chuck it all in. It's obviously a big budget movie. And you'll like it. But you've got to keep your wits about you on it. There's lots of things you need to remember. And that's why it's, uh, it's very good indeed. So, Spag Bowl. I thought I told you years ago. Spag Bowl. Spaghetti Bolognese. Is, uh, it's not Italian. It's British. Well, of course it is. You don't seriously think the Italians sit there and go, um, Spag Bowl? Of course they don't. Absolutely not. Uh, the truth is out. Women, that's you lot, tell lies more than men. Men do not tell lies. We're just economical with, with the truth. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And, uh, and that was probably one of the biggest lies of, uh, of, all, of all time. Uh, oh, brother, still rocking at 75. Joe Brown, 75. He did that great song, I'll See You In My Dreams, 75. How, how happy I am. And the trucker who killed four people, he was changing music on his iPhone. Whole family wiped out by this man. And they go, oh, he might go to prison for 10 years. What do you mean, might go to prison for 10 years? What price life in this country? It's obviously, oh, we killed three children and the mum. Oh, it's nothing, is it? Oh, just give him a few years. Let him out on good behaviour. Perhaps give him a bonus when he comes out. Perhaps give him a house and a car. As far as I'm concerned, you know, it's, it's life for life. The idea that three members of a family, four members of a family, die and they go, he might be sentenced. He's been found guilty. He might be sentenced. And it might be four years. It might be 10 years. You think, might be 10 years? What, he's going to be out... On the streets, and we'll just be visiting a cemetery. I must be losing the will to live, ladies and gentlemen, because I'm afraid if I was the judge, I'd be putting on the black cap and going, I know we don't have the death penalty in this country, but I've decided to reintroduce it. I mean, how would you feel if four members of your family were destroyed by somebody because they were faffing around with their telephone in the car to get their, their music through it? I'm sorry, I'd have come up with a bit something more a bit severe than ten years in prison. You might as well have said, would you like a walk in the park instead? Not good. Uh, petrol could go up by five pence a litre. Couldn't really care less. Couldn't really care less. And uh, desperate for an it bag. 
places to go to now are the auctions. Because believe it or not, there are some idiots out there, obviously people with more money than brains, who wouldn't, wouldn't mind spending £30,000 on a bag or £10,000 on a bag. And you think, blimey, it's only a handbag. You can go for 10p and go and get a Marks and Spencer's bag for life. When it breaks, you just go and get another one. You take it. I've never known anybody do it, though. I think you could do that. Do you think you could actually go in to Mark Marks and Spencer's and go, uh, here's my old 10p bag. Can I have a new one, please? Has anybody ever tried that? Does that work? Or do they go, that's 10p, and you go, no, I've already paid 10p. I'm bringing back the old one. Do you think that would work? I wonder. I might, I might put that to the test later. Could be very interesting. Oh, the Yob twins are finally out of the X Factor. Nasty little thugs, aren't they? I told you before, there's something that's very disturbing on a programme which encourages members of the public to go and have a go and, and attempt to sing. They, they couldn't sing. They actually didn't have any talent. The talent one of them had is for allegedly beating his girlfriend up. How could you possibly, possibly have anybody on a programme? The good thing about the X Factor is that what they do is they, they find these, these people and somebody will dob them in. So in other words, they go, you've got two people on here. Let me tell you a story about them. And they go, Really? Because they're never vetted. Because the, uh, the people who, who vet on those sort of programmes, they don't know what they're looking for. They've got no idea. You have to vet people. If you're going to put somebody on the television and expose the public to them and go, look, aren't they great? And somebody goes, actually, no, they're not. And so they've kicked them off. So thankfully, that'll be the last thing we ever see about them. Although what will be very embarrassing is if this morning book them as guests. Because one of them is allegedly a thug. They might as well put the girlfriend on there to go, you know, the ex-girlfriend. This is, this is actually what took place. I'd be horrified if they were put up on the television. Horrified. It's like the loose women, you know, perhaps Colleen Nolan could dribble all over them and go, oh, you had so much going for you. And you think, you know, you are as stupid as we think you are. 84850steve.lbc.co.uk And uh, we'll put everything in. I've taken back bags for life, says Anna. All right, oh. It's interesting, isn't it? Because I've, I've never thought about it. I know you're supposed to be able to, but I wonder if it's actually possible to do it. Samsung have uh, stopped the, uh, the phones because they, uh, they burst into flames. Can't kind of have that, can you? So they've stopped them, so that'll stop people buying Samsung. I mean, you know, one, once you get a bad story in the newspapers, as Will, Will Guy will tell you, that'll kill it stone dead. That'll kill it stone dead. I remember people before saying about the iPhone, they said, oh, of course, they bend and they break. They're all codswallop, honestly, they don't bend or break. But uh, I got a 15-incher today. Yep, I bought my, uh, my um, portable DVD player to go on the bed, which is very exciting. I've got a 7.5-inch, and, a and uh, it's not quite big enough. You know, to anybody who's listening at the moment who's seen a 7.5-inch, you know, compare it to 15 I mean, you're going to be going for 15 every time. And this is... I showed it to the producer. He was sort of a bit taken aback by it. He thought I was a little bit old-fashioned, you know. He said, why don't you just use a laptop? You know, a laptop. How dated. And um, I said, no, this is a 15... I showed it to him and he went, oh, it's just right for elderly people. It's got big buttons and everything else. You know, but the truth of the matter is, he can't afford it. It's £100. He'd have to work many, many days you know, into the future and sort of succumb to sleep every so often just to be able to afford the packaging. Couldn't actually afford the thing. I'm looking forward to trying it when I get home. I really am. I get quite excited by things like that. I love a bit of... Sorry? What am I going to watch? At the moment, I've got Robin's Nest. There was probably an Australian version of that. It was with... uh, uh, It was one man and his girlfriend, who they ended up getting married in real life. That was Tessa Tessa Wyatt, wasn't it? And, uh, And it was Robin... I can't remember his name now. But anyway, he, he sets up a cafe, and it's, it's just sort of day-to-day running. It's lovely. It's really a nice, gentle little comedy. 
of which we're famous for. I don't think actually the Australians were, were famous for making comedies, were they? I mean, Neighbours was quite close to it, I suppose, in terms of that and uh, the people of Summer Bay. But I can't think of any comedies. I used to watch The Sullivans when I was growing up. The Sullivans I loved. I thought that was really great. And then I kind of went off that idea. And uh, But I can't think of any comedy programmes that have come from Australia. Any sort of... If you think of mainstream... Like, we've got loads of comedy, which we've sold to America, and America has then sold us comedy. But there's nothing that's come from Australia that you can go, that's a comedy series, because all Australians are funny. And that's, that's the truth of it. And so you don't actually need one particular programme. Just get off at the airport. You will double up with laughter looking at the people queuing for an aeroplane. Seriously, you really will. I was watching... The other day, because I like the Seekers singing I am, you are, we are Australian, which I know is a little bit of a cliche, but it's, it's, it's a very nice thing. And Judith Durham's voice, I think, was amazing. Anyway, at one point they cut to the audience and there's an old man. He's obviously been sitting by his billabong and his son's with him, who looks like slightly less butch. And they both got those Australian hats on indoors. Indoors. Sorry. They're called cats. Cork. No, they weren't called cat. No, they were just sort of, they're just sort of like bush bush tucker hats kind of thing. And but the son's sitting there, and he's as I say less than butch, and he's obviously a big fan of the Seekers, and he's he's singing along. You know, I am you are we are Australia, and he sort of sticks out of this thing because the rest of the audience are fairly ancient, and and then there's this sort of youngish sort of boy sitting obviously with his father, who's probably had the same clothes on for ages. And probably never sort of changes them. And that's why, you know, Australians are very funny little people. They really are. They have to be. They gave us Kylie Minogue and she's very little. Uh, they gave us Jason Donovan and he's very cute. And they gave us uh, Bouncer, which is lovely, and Mrs Mangle. And apart from that, I can't think of anybody at all who Australia gave us. But certainly didn't give us any comedy programmes. I don't think they had comedy series. They used to get the stuff that we didn't laugh at anymore. And, uh, and the American stuff as well. Because it's good though, isn't it? I mean, I, I quite like it. Uh, anyway, enough of them. Not a bore you. Uh, what what brand is the fifteen inch? Um, I don't know. I just bought it on Amazon. Doesn't appear to have a brand. I'm sure it's got a brand on it somewhere. And the battery life, I think, is five hours. So I do have it in the studio. Why? Because I don't want to leave it out there. I said because I brought it into the studio. Don't listen. Do not worry yourself about me. Every day he comes in, and he's obviously he's obviously desperate to try and make friends. And uh, I don't really need any more friends. You know, I've got more than enough friends. Thank you. I can cope with. And every day he tries his little trick, like you know, so how are you kind of thing. You know, when are you going to pop over something to eat and all that. And I'm thinking you're kind of missing the point of what radio is. Radio is me the star, talking to you, the little people, out there in the radio land, and you just push the right buttons, okay? That's what you, that is your job. You know, if you were a toilet attendant, you'd be there with a mop and a bucket, but you're not. You're apparently a technical person who drives desks. And, I mean, it took him ages this morning, because we've recorded the podcast in advance this morning, and uh, he has to go and sit in another studio and try and fathom out how it works. Whether it works or not, I've got no idea. We shall find out a little bit later on. Uh, but anyway, we will go through the papers. And, uh, oh, that's right, they had the Paul Hogan show, says Ian with the twins. The Paul Hogan, that was very, yeah, but that was about 40, 50 years ago, isn't it? I mean, Paul Hogan, is he still alive? He was, a, isn't he the one who did Crocodile Dundee? And didn't he marry that Linda What's-Her-Face? There was a woman who starred in Crocodile Dundee, and I think in real life they got married. And uh, because he, he sort of, you know, he, he was real proper Aussie, wasn't he? He was proper Aussie. When, and I watched Crocodile Dundee. I think they had about two or three films, something like that. But uh, I was... Three films. Three films. Gosh, how you knowing that? But that's... That's New York... In, that's right, when he was in New York in the second. And they had a kid in the third in L.A. 
See, amazing, I remember these things, isn't it? But uh, luckily I'm quite gifted in that department. I do remember certain things, but I remember Linda Kowalski, I think he married. Linda. Ka- I'm pretty certain it was Linda and Kowalski. Uh, Linda Kowalski, Linda Ann Kowalski. And uh, thanks, Steve. I've never been called little, says Dorman Dom in Kingston. Apparently Summer Heights High is a great Aussie comedy, says Scott. Yeah, all right. I'll make a big deal about it. Yeah, he, see, he didn't remember that one. Memory like a sieve, as they say. Poor soul. Uh, right, what are we going to do for... Oh, that's right. Is that what he looks like now? Good Lord. Is that him? Is that... Who's that? Is that Crocodile Dundee? Paul Hogan? My God, he has aged, hasn't he? I quite like the character, though. I quite like the character as Crocodile Dundee. I thought that was quite good. And I'm sure the uh, wife... I don't know if this is the latest one. I was right, Linda Koz- Kozlowski. And uh, she was great. She's all sort of busty and everything else. And he's... Oh, he's, he's got another one now. <laughs> he's got a different one. <gasps> oh, right. Lovely. He seems to have quite a few, actually, over the... Uh, over the years. It's what people are like nowadays, aren't they? People sort of go into a... Oh, Mr. Clock. Uh, people go into a relationship and then it, it doesn't sort of see and, or run the full course. And you never know why, do you? You never know why it just doesn't run the full course. This clown thing... <coughs> excuse me, it's getting a bit out of hand. It's not going to be long before somebody actually batters one of these stupid people to death. Uh, seriously, I'm, I'm expecting it any day now or run somebody over... I don't know where this came from, but uh, frankly, if the police catch people, I want them to make sure they prosecute to the full extent of the law. Because one woman was walking through a park the other day and somebody jumps out from behind a tree and chases after her. I'd have turned round and kicked him in the nuts. He'd have gone down like a pack of cards. Wouldn't be attempting anything like that with me. Thank you very much indeed. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Oh, Shami Chakrabarti gets it with both barrels this morning in the papers. They think she's a, she's a hypocrite. She, of course, is trying to defend herself. But there again, she's, uh, she's coming under more and more fire. It's outrageous for somebody who eluded to be a baroness, whatever that is. And as far as I'm concerned, she's still Shami Chakrabarti, who I don't like. It's as simple as that. You don't have to like people, do you? Uh, Fiona comes from Kent, poor soul, but somebody's got to. And says, uh, and I did ask the producer if he was that word. And he said, no, he wasn't. And uh, he, he was a bit excited about the fact that somebody even knew what it meant. Of course, I can't tell you. It's an Australian rude word. Uh, Robin's Nest was Richard O'Sullivan as Robin Tripp. He was also Robin Tripp in Man About the House. And uh, as an Australian, says Ken, I am, you are, we are Australian. He says, uh, Paul Hogan uh, was, it, was in a cigarette commercial on TV in the 1960s. And just your, just your Australian colleague, he's not a colleague, he's just somebody who happens to be here, he's not a colleague, uh, know that Paul Hogan was a painter on the Sydney Harbour Bridge before he won Australia's version of Opportunity Knox. Took three years to paint. When they finish it, same as over here, they start again. From, so it's a, it's a permanent job, isn't it? A bit like you are. You're a permanent job, aren't you? The time we sort of manage to unfathom your personality, we have to go right back to the beginning and start all over again. It's like discovering caveman paintings, isn't it? And somebody leaning over your shoulder and going, that's a really good drawing of a horse, not... I like cave paintings. I often wonder, though, how, just how, how genuine they are. Constant employment, though, you're quite right. Constant employment on the, uh, on the bridge. I think not only the Sydney Harbour Bridge, but I think also the, uh, there's a bridge in, on Tyneside. And that also, same thing. But mind you, what do you expect if you give somebody a little tiny brush? You know, and you're trying to... Put, I mean, it's going to take you bloody years to get round to it, isn't it, really? Why don't they just sort of say, listen, it falls down, it falls down. Make it marginally more entertaining for the rest of us. Uh, weather for today... <laughs> Chilly. 
chilly with fog this morning. I knew it was chilly when I got up this morning, but I was I was toasty, toasty in bed. And uh, chilly with fog in places, bright with sunshine, few showers in the east. Thank God I live in the west. Thank God I live in the west. And uh, we shall put all your... Uh, oh, wrong thing. Uh, texts and emails onto the programme this morning. If we have time. If we have time. I have to make sure that I've got time on these sort of things. Because otherwise, you know, you start doing something and you go, I must do it. And then I look at the thing and they go, you've got 42 emails to catch up on and sort of 60 text messages. It's a blooming nuisance. It really is. Uh, Wayne is on the way to Heathrow and off to cold Aberdeen for the night. He says, I'm on the M25. Going to climb into bed at my hotel in Aberdeen. Huge glass of wine, and but you'll spill it. You'll spill it in bed. I know you will. And then back-to-back Steve Allen Show podcast and an in-conversation. Bliss. Bliss. What's that gadget that's 15 inches and needs batteries, says Dom? Portable DVD player. You notice that sort of pregnant pause there. Apparently, uh, Steve, they used to have Kath and Kim, an Australian uh, programme on BBC Two. I don't remember that, actually. I don't remember that. Uh, Steve, Australia brought us Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, says Bridget. Oh, yeah, but it wasn't a comedy series. It was a, it was a standalone, wasn't it? A stand, I know that Bridget's seen Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, more times than anybody else. In fact, she'd seen it 110 times by the end of the last tour. <laughs> uh, you're going to be seeing, actually, I don't want to sort of ruin everybody's day, Darren Day's Bottom in a latest uh, thing coming up on the stage. So you get to see Darren Day's bottom. I don't know if that's a selling point for the show or people cancelling tickets. I'm not too sure. And uh, apparently Wilfred was a great set. Never even heard of it. That's the trouble, though. Most of this stuff doesn't travel, does it? Comedy series from Australia. The word comedy in Australia don't actually go together, really. Uh, great Aussie Celeste Patterson, says Jeff. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not finding comedic Aussies... Uh, who was a creation of Barry Humphreys. We're looking at comedy series. And, of course, there weren't that many comedy series. Certainly not that uh, that came over here. Certainly not that came over here. Uh, what else we got? Oh, Mary Whitehouse. Mary Whitehouse complained about a rape scene in a, in a stage play at the National called Romans in Britain. And she took it to court. Uh, Mary Whitehouse, who was the eternal busybody. She was self-appointed president of the Viewers and Listeners Association. She was the the moral bastion. She was the person who, if there was something on the television, she would write and complain to the DG, saying it's disgusting, we don't want this kind of thing. Whereas, in fact, I I secretly thought she derived great pleasure out of talking about this kind of stuff. And so when Romans in Britain came along, which had full frontal male nudity on the stage, I don't think she'd ever seen one in her life, uh, she hadn't actually seen it, but she complained about it. But there was the immortal line, do you not remember? Mrs Merton had Mary Whitehouse on as a guest on her chat show, and she said, Mary... Mary, Mary, she said, when you pass on, you know, which we hope is not for many years, would you like it if they put up a statue to you in your hometown? And Mary Whitehouse said, you know, she said, I would quite like that idea, a statue to me. And Mrs Merton looked at her with a straight face and said, that'll be the first erection you've not complained about. (laughs) Great. Nowadays, of course, you get full frontal nudity everywhere. We ourselves are sitting here stark naked this morning. Well, I am. Producer refused to enter into this one, you know. Time a kangaroo down the spot. And, um, sorry, we got what? Yeah, you, he's, he's got his full full coat on. We used to have a newsreader here some years ago. He used to sit there with his scarf on for the last bulletin so he could get out of the building as fast as possible. Isn't that funny? Me, I'm stripped down to the basics here. I think that's what I might call the show. Steve Allen. Uh, we, we, we said yesterday... I think, uh, what do we, I can't remember we call it, I think Stripped Back to Basics could be quite a good one. Good name for the show at the Hippodrome. 
on the uh, on the 12th. Uh, what else we got for you this morning? What else do we have for you? Oh, Midsummer Murders. They were saying, actually, it's not as far-fetched, the Midsummer Murders, as you think. Because out in the countryside, they have these sort of things going on. You have vile old-age pensioners who are poisoning people's cats and stuff like that. And so it all goes on. And we've just had that. I can't even go into it because it is so horrific. A murder of a mother and her 13-year-old daughter. Um, And you think to yourself, all these things are taking place out of town. And then there was somebody shot the other day. And then somebody, they go, oh, somebody could go, go to prison for, you know, for three years for this, for this. And you think, you know, we've got to be the softest touch. You could come over here, mow down an entire school queuing up or blow it up. And uh, they wouldn't send you to prison for life. They're not bothered. They're not bothered about things like that. They're just trying to clear places because there's so many foreign criminals coming into the country, committing acts and then getting away with it, which is not particularly good, is it? Um, I've only just uh, tuned in says Andy from Hammersmith. And I'm thinking of going to see Inferno. You won't be disappointed. Very good. Very good. It's, uh, it, it's racy-pacy. Then it goes for a very quiet little bit. Where you have to try and gather where, where you are in the, in the story. But as with all... Um, the, the man who wrote it is the bloke who gave you the Da Vinci Code. So you're not really sure which bits are really true and which bits are made up. Because they use real locations. So you have to try and separate in your mind... Which is, which is real and which is just part of a story, you know, do certain things actually exist in it? Because you would think that they did, but they might not. And are people who they think they are. So that's what you've got to see. But it's a good film. Maybe just, Tom Hanks is excellent. Mm. You've just got to keep up with all the little twists and turns in it. Actually, you don't even need to keep up with it, just watch it. I, unfortunately, I'm the same with all these screenings. And... For the first few minutes, I struggle to stay awake because automatically, if you're sitting in a big comfy seat and, and the lights dim down, then automatically I start, I was struggling to keep my eye. Once I've done three minutes sleep, I'm fine. I'm absolutely fine. And then I'm back and I'm with the whole thing. But it's a long film, incidentally. I better tell you, it's a, it's a long film. It's not a, not a short film. It's a, it must be about uh, 10, 30, 11, it must be about two hours. I think it's quite a long time, but they managed to cram it all in. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Have you noticed? And good morning, incidentally. But uh, if you've been here since four o'clock, it's a bit pointless. We keep saying good morning to you. But in all the reports that came through on the television about the uh, the flooding and the hurricane Matthew, in all the American reports, they've got the the person standing there, and next to them, somebody signing for deaf people. Uh, which I have, I've only just started noticing, and it crops up on a lot of bulletins. Over in Haiti, they couldn't be bothered to do that one, so they just had a reporter there with some uh, people who, well, they've lost 900 people, and yet we gave them very little coverage. They got coverage, but it wasn't a huge amount of coverage. It just wasn't, uh, it wasn't enough. Well, they sort of concentrate on America, and they go, oh, it's this, and look, at, we've got the water here. Yeah, in Haiti, they've got nothing. They've got nothing. They have, don't even have anything in, in place to sort things out for them. So if you see... I'm not advising you to give to people on the streets, because I think there'll be a lot of rogue collectors for Haiti on the streets. But if you contact the embassy, I'm quite sure there'll be some way of, uh, of helping them out and doing something for them. Because they've lost, they've lost everything, these people. 900 people dead. And they didn't start with anything, so they've kind of ended up in exactly the same position, but with nothing on top of nothing. Uh, saw full frontal nudity this morning, says Keith, when I got out of bed. Stupid place to leave a mirror. It is, actually, and also slightly disturbing at the, uh, at the same time. Uh, Anna says, if you do fall asleep at the cinema, you won't be on your own. I don't like to admit it, but I fell asleep at the cinema. Very expensive ticket. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I can't help it. 
I just need that, that five minutes kind of thing. And you go and you sit there. And it was so comfy, the seat yesterday. And uh, we were given coffee and croissant it's at Sony. So you know that they're going to do it. And we got pan au chocolat and they had little trifle and all sorts of little things there, actually. But I don't like to eat because it makes me go to sleep straight away anyway. So I sort of watched... Watched a little bit of the film. I got the... And I think, oh, I'm going to do quite well on this. And then gradually the eyes closed a little bit. And then you go into that comfort zone. Do you know what I mean? Where you're, you're sort of watching something and you start the eyes... Oh, that's, that's so nice. I had an argument with the driver again this morning, trying to get him to deliver me. First of all, he, he drives past me and he comes up the road. I, as he's gone past, I've held my hands up. I thought, you can't miss me. I'm kind of the only person out there in the morning, but I've done my best. You know, I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to get a flare... And so when they come past it, I'm going to light the flare so they can see where I am. And they'll probably miss me there anyway. So, hilarious. We then, uh, so he then walks towards me. He's, he gets out of the vehicle. He walks down the road. Are you, yeah, yes. And I said, well, you have to come and pick me up from the pickup place. I'm paying a lot of money for this service. You know, it's not a walk and greet. It's supposed to be door to door. You know, that's the whole idea. They pick you up at your place. Otherwise, it might as well get on the bus. Save myself an awful, awful lot of money. So anyways, we come into town... And and some drivers drop you in what we call the triangle. This I don't know where he thought he was going to go, actually. It was very odd. But he sort of goes up, and I said, yeah, we're just going by, by the Hippodrome, which is you turn left and you drive into Leicester Square, which, of course, you've always been able to do. Always drive into Leicester Square, because otherwise, how would they get deliveries? So he drives past it. I said, left, left. No, you can't go into Leicester Square. I said, of course you can. I've been going into Leicester Square for 26 years. What do you mean you can't go into it? How do they get deliveries? I said, you'll have to turn around. So, so he's turning around in the road and saving himself, you know, tons of electricity or whatever it is the thing's running on. We go round the block again and then go in. And he's, he's really unhappy about this. He doesn't want to drive in. I said, there, there could be 100 police officers there. They wouldn't stop you. Cars drive in all the time. What do you think they do? Make people walk from the entrance? Honestly, why do these people not know this thing? You can always, always drive into Leicester Square unless there's some, something going on that means you can't... I mean, put it this way, you're not going to be driving in on New Year's Eve, put it that way, because it's going to be full of people. But, you know, the rest of the time you drive in there, you've always been able to drive in. They don't even bother putting the bollards up now. Normally, the, the bollards are up, which stops people driving in. You push a button and a voice goes, yes, and you go, global radio, and they go, do-do-do-do-do-do, and the bollards go down and you drive through. I mean, this one thought you couldn't drive in. I had to tell him how to get out the square as well. It's not complicated. Just fairly straightforward. But it's amazing how many people, um, you know, don't don't know about it. Why would you want a portable DVD player, says Dorman Dom. Um, I have it on my bed. I cannot go to sleep with it being quiet. I seriously cannot go to sleep with it being... I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I'd be sitting there all night going, I need to go to sleep. So I've got to have noise on. So portable DVD are on, on the bed. Teddy next to it. And uh, and then there's me there, little thin thing, and um, and then I plug in the DVD player and I'm out within seconds. But I cannot go to sleep if it's quiet. That's why I'm rubbish at sleeping at other people's places. I, I really, I, if, if I if I was at somebody else's place and they said, "Oh, you know, uh, you can sleep," I wouldn't sleep. I'd be going, "What am I doing here?" I would I would I would have to play some sort of music. Or some sort of... I had to take the radio in the bedroom the other day because the volume control on the other DVD player, the seven-and-a-half-inch one, was too low. And so then I thought, maybe I'm getting a bit deaf. And so, and I know that, actually, because I have the volume quite loud in the studio. And, um, and so I've got this bigger player now, and I'm hoping that the sound is going to be really good on it. 
Can't wait. Very excited, actually. It's always something to look forward to at the day, isn't there? You know, you wake up in the morning and you think... I mean, I think to myself this week, I've got a really, really quiet week, which is, uh, which is, which is quite nice. I, I, you know, because I've had a few weeks where I've been really, really busy. And I said to the producer yesterday, he said, uh, he said you've got a light week this week. I thought, I hope so, because I didn't get home till two o'clock yesterday. Two o'clock I got home. That's, that's too late in my books, way too late. And so he said, well, unless something really big comes in this week, I said, it better be really big. I was offered a few people yesterday. One of them you'll laugh when I tell you. Well, I'm not going to tell you who it is. But I turned them down because they, uh, they feature in my list of people I wouldn't be interested in talking to. Put it that way. <laughs> oh, dear. On the subject of films, as Anna, I went to a special film festival. I watched 16 films in three days. There were subtitles. V in Regent's Park says, can't you get the same driver? No, you can't, unfortunately. You really can't. It's, uh, it's uh, a bit of a pain not to get the same driver every day, because that would make it so much easier, because then they know where you are and they know what time I'm ready. Because uh, I'm ready from the moment they send the thing that goes, you know, your driver's on the way. And then when you look at the map, you think, you must be looking at the same map. Quite clearly, if you're here and I'm there, you haven't married the two up together. Uh, you forgot to mention the one-armed Irish cook in Robin's Nest. I know. Did you know he, he did actually have two arms? That's, what the, that's the funny thing about it. He actually played... He died a short while, died a short while ago. And I can't remember his name either. Anybody remember the na- name of the uh, the Irish? Uh, he he wasn't actually a, a cook, was he? He was sort of he was bottle washer and everything else in there. But uh, what was his name? Was it David somebody? David somebody? I think so. And uh, Steve, have you tried the sleeping app that makes different sounds that you fall asleep to? No, I don't. I don't like downloading things like that. Is it bizarre? Yeah, owl noises, ale. You see, the trouble is that thing cuts off your first word, so I don't know what the word is you're doing. Should we get one of those dry wipe boards and you can write things on there? Whale noise. A whale, you see. I didn't get that. I didn't get whale. They, they make funny little... Yeah, I, I, I don't like seagulls. Seagulls are vile. Have you seen the way they pick puffins off? No, they're not nice. Seagulls are horrible. Puffins are there, and, and when, when the puffins are born on the ground, the seagull just comes along and just grabs a chick in front of the mother. Oh, no, we don't like seagulls. I'd execute all seagulls. I would, seriously, I would, I would run over seagulls. I'm desperately trying to start a trend in running over pigeons in London. You know, the more pigeons under the wheels of my car, the happier I'm going to be. As simple as that. I can't help it. It's just that I think pigeons serve no useful purpose. I realise that they're God's creatures, but they're God's creatures that we don't need like wasps. Or Australians. And, uh, no, seriously, no, we, we like Australians because we, we have a little bit of fun with them because they don't understand humour. That's why they don't have many comedy shows. So, we're, so when we're actually being funny, you say something to them, they go, oh, is that true? And you go, no, I was joking. And they go, oh, right. It, it just goes completely over their heads. Completely. It's, they, they don't do irony, which is a shame. Uh, what else we got for you this morning? Uh, charity begins at Jones. Joan Collins has given 10 grand's worth of gear to uh, charity shop, which is good. Uh, strictly new race row. First of all, we get rid of uh, Mr. O'Doom because he can't dance, and then they get rid of Tamika. So, effectively, that's two black people out of the running. But then you can say the same about the Bake Off, because they've just got rid of the Sikh on that one as well. So, consequently, you could say it's all just racist, which, of course, is ridiculous. It isn't. This is a show about dancing or baking. If you can't dance, no matter how popular you might be, if the judges decide that, you know, you're not good enough, they're going to point out your failings. And so you go. It doesn't matter whether you're Chinese, black, white, pink, green. Who cares? 
If you can't do it, you have to go. We're not going to put somebody in there. That would be patronising, wouldn't it? Dreadful. Uh, David Kelly. I knew his name was David. David Kelly. Thank you, Tony. And he was, he was Albert Riddle. Loads of you knew it was David Kelly. Well done. I'm very impressed. The clumsy bottle washer. But why they made him one-armed, I've got no idea. I thought that was the oddest thing, but it's such a good little series. And you know that we see uh, Mr O'Sullivan in Twickenham on a daily basis, because he's up there at, uh, at Brinsworth House. Uh, what else have we got today? Uh, the truth out, women, women fib more than men. I think they do, actually. I think women do fib more than men. But they do it in such a way that it, it sounds believable. Men, men tell fibs as well, don't they? And uh, I think everybody tells fibs. I don't think anybody could ever go through their life and actually say at some point, I've never told a lie. Or if it, We always thought a lie sounded something a bit more serious than a fib. If you told a fib, it was like a little white lie. It wasn't, wasn't quite the same. It didn't sound as bad, did it? But uh, everybody does it. You all do it, and you do it on a daily basis. When somebody says, if I say to the producer, how are you? And he goes, I'm really well. I'm not really interested whether he's really well. I'm not really interested. I'm just doing a polite, how are you? That's what the Brits say to people. How are you? And then somebody goes, I mean, I always say to them, if everybody says to me, how are you? I go, well, oh, don't ask. Last Thursday, this happened to me. I did it to somebody in Marks and Spencer's. Other supermarkets apply as well. But uh, this particular person said, so how are you? I said, I'm really not very well. I said, my best friend died the other day under the wheels of a of a steamroller, and um, and so we haven't just sort of buried him in a coffin, we just sort of rolled him up and popped him in a jiffy bag, which was a lot easier. And so he went, oh, really? And he said, no, I'm joking. And so they, they don't quite get it. So I always go into my history, my medical history. I think that's the funniest thing ever. Uh, when somebody says, so how are you? I go, well, I'm not very well at all. In fact, I only realised, actually, this morning, I'm running out of tablets. I've only got a week's worth of tablets left, so we'll have to get down to the chemist a little bit later on today and make sure that uh, it's good. Chris in Leeds says, you're a man after my own heart. Kill as many pigeons as possible. In Leeds, they've destroyed the town hall building. I know. There was a lovely song, wasn't it, called Poisoning Pigeons in the Park by Tom Lehrer, who wrote sort of comedy lyrics, you know, on a bright afternoon. Poisoning pigeons in the park, which is great. I wish people would do it. They're still feeding them down in Trafalgar Square, the bewildered, the Looney Tunes people who think that pigeons are going to starve, whereas, in fact, you see the size of pigeons in London. They can't fly. They find it very difficult to actually fly. They, they find it easier just to waddle, hop on and off buses because they're, they're so fat. People keep feeding the blooming things. I wish they wouldn't. And, uh, Steve, pigeons are flying rats. I run them over. Same uh, as sea, seagulls. A seagull stole a child's ice cream. Oh, they, 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 um, they also pop up, don't they, uh, down on the coast. They're huge. Have you seen them? Have you seen pigeons? I mean, they're in, it's not, not pigeons, seagulls. They're enormous. The wingspan's like five, six feet. David Kelly was also in an episode of Faulty Towers. Yes, he played the builder, didn't he? Who came in and Sybil didn't want him. Oh, there you go. And um, and uh, I think it was Basil who said, oh, don't say that to her. And she beat him over the head. Yes, he was, uh, he was an Irish builder in Faulty Towers. Very funny, actually. Uh, do you remember Skippy? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't know how many Skippies there were. Skippy was the bush kangaroo who seemed to solve everything in Australia, which goes to show how... Inc- oh, I laugh. Laugh. Talking about incompetent. I always love a good police story. Uh, down in, I think it was Devon and Cornwall, uh, they have a policy of telling people, uh, the police, if you've got car keys, I have car keys, don't leave them on your hall because somebody will put a thing through and grab your car keys and steal your car. Well, they left keys lying around in the police station and two people stole a police car. And they drove it 200 miles. They were only caught on the M4 when they employed a stinger, 
which is this thing you throw out into the road and it's got spikes on it and it punctures all the tyres and it blew all the tyres out. But uh, the, uh, the, the police officers down there have got to be the dumbest in the world. They left the keys to one of their cars on a desk where somebody could just pick them up and walk off with them and that's exactly what they did. <laughs> they are so stupid. Other police officers around the country will be going, thank God we're not at that police station. Thank goodness. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Bill the cabbie says there are no more pigeons in Trafalgar Square. You are having a laugh, of course. There's tons of pigeons in Trafalgar Square. Tons of them being fed every day. Being fed every day. Apparently baking soda is the best thing to give to seagulls. They get bloated and within half an hour they get so bloated and full of gas they explode. I love these apocryphal stories. The producer thought it was rice. That uh, the sea- Have you ever heard of such a thing that seagulls would explode? I mean, seriously. I mean, come on, get a grip. He says, he said you just throw, throw rice at them. It's an apocryphal story. No truth in it at all. No truth. It's a, it's a myth. A complete myth. They, they say that there are, there are grains that expand when they absorb moisture, wheat and barley. One thing purveyors of this myth fail to take into account is that the rate at which dried grains absorb liquids is pretty damn slow, except when it takes place at cooking temperatures. And I don't really think that pigeons are going to be popping themselves into the oven anytime soon, together with seagulls. So they don't explode. OK, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's like, you know, the moon is made of green cheese. It's as ridiculous as that. It's not. It's Wensleydale. And it's not that colour at all. But no, it's one of those apocryphal stories. It's like the old argument, isn't it? Did man really go to the moon or was it filmed in an aircraft hangar in Houston? And they could say that because there's no wind up there and there's no shadow. Oh, it's a load of old codswallop. It really is. It's, it's back to that ridiculous saga, isn't it, of the... Uh, of the is, there a, is there a leopard uh, in the countryside at, uh, on the loose? The answer is no, there isn't. You know, is there such a thing as the Yeti? No, there isn't. Is there such a thing as Loch Ness Monster? No, there isn't. Is there such a thing as crop circles? Yes, but they're done by students. They do it with a, with a map. But, of course, there's the Looney Tunes Brigade who like to think that things like that are believable. You know, which, of course, is, uh, is, uh, is not true. Is not true. Uh, a fan from Saudi Arabia says, uh, I listen to you every day uh, with my kids. There you go. Uh, so we like people in Saudi Arabia. Don't have to send it ten times, though. Really, I promise you. Um, <laughs> that's an awful lot of, of sendings. We like, like to sort of save you a little bit of money on occasions. Uh, what else have we got? What else have we got? Uh, so many... Oh, yes, the, uh, the Shami Chakrabarti bashing continues. She really is proving herself to be not the brightest penny in the box. You know, she's come up with a load of old claptrap, which might have worked when she was with Liberty, when there is Stucker on a few programmes. But when it actually comes down to hard and fast, she's not the brightest penny in the box. So she gets a drubbing from the papers, uh, quite rightly so. And here's uh, Kate and William and Harry again. Yes, Harry, who they still can't find anything for, can they? Whereas William and Kate, he's supposed to be a helicopter pilot, but they've kind of pushed that to one side. So as long as they get a story every, every sort of three months in the paper, that's fine. And then they went off the other day... Uh, to uh, to talk about World Mental Health Day. What it had to do with going on the London Eye, I've got no idea. I mean, do they know anything about mental health? The answer is probably not. Are they just there as figureheads? Yes, I should imagine so. Uh, Chez, uh here, poor old Cheryl Cole, bless her heart, honestly. Little Miss Misery. In fact, both of them, Mr and Mrs Misery. 
He's sort of got loads of money, but frankly is a bit stuck with an old woman who's now pregnant. Well, we think so. She's wearing the same coat she wore for Fashion Week, so obviously wardrobe not as big as we thought. And they're going out, and they just look really, really unhappy. They went to Swanky Eatery, Eatery Nobu. Swanky? Never called Nobu Swanky, but there you go. And uh, Cheryl's mum, Joan, was seeing this the old picture of her buying a pregnancy pillow. Perhaps she's stuffed it up her jumper. Perhaps she's not pregnant at all. Perhaps it's another Stephanie Davis. Stephanie Davis, who apparently is still pregnant. I mean, she seems to have been pregnant since, you know, since forever and a day. Mum or Dad, who's happiest? Quickly, quickly, quickly. Men. Men are happiest. I don't know why. I suppose because women have got a lot to uh, to think about in life. There's so many th- If you're running a house, it's it must be really stressful. Really, really stressful. Very, very difficult. Very difficult to try and... Uh, uh, Ian says you've got to be mad to pay to go on the London Eye. Well, I mean, are you saying they got it for free? Do you, th- do you think they actually bought a ticket? Of course they didn't. Of course they didn't buy a ticket. Does he ever drive himself anywhere? Not really, no. Does he ever go out in the helicopter? Not. They don't see him that often now. They just go there for a photo opportunity or the fact he saved somebody's life again, which is very interesting. Gareth Southgate is selling his country mansion as a tax row looms over his first weeks as England manager. He may face a huge demand from the inland revenue over this investment firm. The Mirror has revealed he joined a scheme run by a firm used by hundreds of clients who the revenue claim owe £434 million in tax. Uh, they bought this property for £3.25 million. They spent thousands, but it's now gone back on the market. Um, it went on. It went on the market originally for three point seven, and that hasn't worked. So now three point two five, and it's very interesting. Colleen raps fans over Wayne abuse. Colleen Rooney never wanted to go out there and not spend money. Blasted England fans who abused Wayne and welcomed his demotion to the England bench. Colleen blasted Twitter critics. Give people a break. Some forgot. Others have feelings too. She said it was hard for sons Kai six to hear about the abuse on the radio. Well, don't put the radio on, then. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? I mean, goodness sake, honestly. And also, let's face it, you know, if you go out there, and unfortunately these people drag it onto themselves, they start flashing their money. I mean, the Kardashians are a classic example. What were they saying in one of the papers? That, um, that uh, Kanye West has sort of decided to go back out there on the road uh, and carry on touring because uh, that's what he does. And they say he's made a defiant return to the public eye. It's a case of uh, these concerts are booked and sold, and if you pull out of them, because this has got nothing to do with you, they didn't, they didn't uh, attack you. They said here, the wake of Kim Kardashian's violent robbery. Well, we've got nobody's word for it apart from her. Nobody's word for it. A violent robbery. She was tied up with these plastic ties and left in the bath. They didn't beat her up. They didn't do anything at all. There was nothing violent about it. Give us the jewellery. And uh, they had... Imitation guns, pretend. We don't know what sort of guns they were. We've just got her evidence on it. And um, strangely enough, the, uh, the bodyguard, Pascal, uh, was, uh, was watching as well. Interesting. But uh, he was cancelling concerts. And so they say, Kanye's a bit shaken by it. Well, you better tell the old bimbo of a wife. Because let's face it, she's not famous for doing anything at all, apart from being famous. Uh, stop go flaunting money and jewellery. And bling and everything else, because eventually somebody's going to take it away from you. Maggie says, similar to the police car keys, there was a case of the elf and safety officer who went up the scaffolding to inspect and probably fell off. Didn't have his equipment on. I love all those adverts on the television. You know, people claiming money for falling off. He didn't have the right ladder for putting in a, a TV 
thing, a, a dish, and he fell off his ladder. He thought, well, you're supposed to have two people when you do anything like that, but they're always idiots, aren't they? And uh, another one here, uh, which says, which says, which says, which says, and uh, Sheridan is in Sweden. Good Lord. Poor old Sheridan. I don't think anybody was called Sheridan in Sweden. And uh, another one here says, I nipped into Pound World in Peckham. And I was horrified to see plastic knives on sale. Yeah, of course. You can get that. Dennis, you, listen, you can get all sorts of things. You can, I mean, anybody can go out and buy something that can do somebody harm. Plastic knives are sold to kids. We used to have pretend little, you know, pretend knives, which had a spring there, so you went like that, and it was supposed to... And when you look back on it, you think, my God in heaven. But he's riding uh, the Virgin to Liverpool Day to Liverpool, and uh, so having been in Banbridge, he says, hope you enjoyed the rock, I'll be going to Blackpool this week if you want more. (laughs) He says, I go to sleep with LBC on, I wake several times, but when I hear your voice, I know it's time to get up. So have a good one. No, Dennis, you have a nice one as well. I love the idea of riding the train. Riding the train, how fantastic. David Kelly also played O'Royley. That's right, I couldn't remember which one it was, Paul in Manchester, but thank you. And uh, Cold Feet is back. And, um, Apparently brilliant. Apparently brilliant. People laughing and crying, which I think is uh, is excellent. Uh, Watch the debate with Trump and Clinton, says Melanie. What an absolute embarrassment. Oh, I found it riveting. I mean, seriously, I, I found it absolutely riveting. And uh, Celsi from West Sussex say, because Australians gave a skippy. That's also a brand of, um, of peanut butter, isn't it? Skippy. Skip- I'm sure it is. But uh, Skippy had his own song. Skippy, 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 the Butch Kangaroo. Well, it was Butch when it was sung in the gay pubs, but uh, anywhere else it was Bush Kangaroo. On the subject of uh, subject of Mary Whitehouse, back in the 1980s, the then producer of Doctor Who, John Nathan Turner, said before he went to bed, he would pray that Mary Whitehouse would complain about the violence in said programme. Apparently her rants would boost the next episode's viewing figures. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Damien said, didn't pan... Pam Ann have a series? I don't think so, no, definitely not. No, she's a comedian, uh, Australian, but over here. We booked her for one of the LBC parties to celebrate our 40th, I think. It was an act laden with, with rudeness, vulgar words, the F word and everything else. Not very pleasant to, uh, to witness, but I know she's very popular. Coming up to the news at five o'clock, it's Tuesday morning, the 11th of October. You can bring the music up a little bit. Let's, let's, let's play with it, shall we? We paid the orchestra to record this. We thought we might as well play it. Otherwise, we'll all be singing it. You know, it's walking out of a theatre and you're singing, no, up, up. Come on, I can tell when it goes down. I'm an experienced right. That's better, that's better. You're getting there. Feel it. Feel the drums. Feel the strings coming in. Let's give it a bit, go a bit higher, a bit higher. Listen to them there. These are old people over the age of 90 playing this thing, OK? This was the first gig they'd had in 14 years. Three of them died during the whole thing. One in three adults can't boil an egg. Elton John's doing his memoirs. I wonder how honest that'll be. That'll be an interesting one. The Yob twins finally out of the X Factor. And charity begins at Joan. I'm Steve Allen. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Tuesday, 11th of October. It's Steve Allen's Early Breakfast with you till seven this morning. It's nice to be company. The JCB tycoon quits the anti-Brexit CBI. That's Lord Bamford. Petrol could go up by five pence a litre. The Mars astronauts may return with dementia. Spag Bowl is British, not Italian. OK, but of course we knew that all the time. Uh, UK childcare is the most expensive in the world. Desperate for an it bag. Then the must-have handbags for you ladies who will spend thousands. Best place to go is um, 
the auction houses. That's where you get them much, much cheaper. Elton John's doing his memoirs. I wonder how honest he'll be in it. That'll be an interesting one, won't it? And Kanye West makes a defiant return to the stage. Not as if anybody's going to be robbing him of anything, but to start draping yourself with jewellery and they might have to think differently. Uh, Wayne dropped as team leader. They've sort of decided to rest him. I mean, he's been doing it for God knows how many years and obviously they've decided that, you know, now is the best time to sort of stop him doing it. So now you've got all the, the Twitter people out and everybody's sort of doing all these sort of different bits and pieces and you sort of think to yourself. And then now now Colleen's jumped on it. Stop pecking on him. He's all this, listen, man with shredded wheat on head. You know, occasionally... They're going to get it wrong, and occasionally they're going to get it uh, right. Uh, Steve, don't you find these knives not for sale to under-18 signs ridiculous? All the little thugs have to do is just take them out of their mum's kitchen. Absolutely. Absolutely. And also, you know, when you can get plastic knives, that's why, you know, the airlines stopped doing, on many of them, metal cutlery, because they thought it was a weapon. And uh, so they give you plastic cutlery. Now, you can't do serious damage with a piece of plastic. I don't quite understand the logic behind it, but that's what they did. And then some of the airlines actually went back on to giving you, um, you know, sort of proper knives and forks. I don't think it actually makes any different. It doesn't make any difference, does it, really, as to uh, as to sort of what your knife and fork uh, is. It's just it's just what, what the food is like, which would be quite... No, here we go. We've let him make coffee this morning. Oh, that's all right. It's oh, a bit dark. What's that floating on the top? <laughs> no, that's fine. Seriously, no, I'm sure that'll be great. Thank you. Very kind of you. I have to say that to him. It's part of the part of the act. <laughs> Very kind of you, I say to him. Very nice of you. It is a bit murky. It does look a little bit like tarmac on the road. No, I don't want it. Seriously, I don't, I'm not going to moan about it. Honestly, I'm not that kind of person. I don't want to... He's going off to the kitchen to get more milk. <laughs> why don't... Some, why can't people make coffee? Is it that some people have an inability to make coffee nowadays? I mean, I'm not the best person. Perhaps like, what I should do is sort of just say, listen, I'll bring the milk in here and, um, and I'll, I'll put the milk in myself. Because I don't want to appear that I'm sort of one of these people who moans every five minutes about, uh, about how much milk is... No, he's back in. Sorry. Shh, he's, uh, so anyway, some of the other stories we're going to be doing this morning. Uh, women fib thanks. Oh, right, I'll just put it in myself, shall I? That's great. Should okay. bring in the kettle? Sorry? No. Well, I'll tell you, we'll be putting it where the sun doesn't shine. Um, <laughs> other stories of the paper today. The most miserable couple in the world, having a baby. you think they'd be going out smiling. She looks as though, you know, something, a death ray is about to come down and obliterate him. But let's face it, she's made this one last a little bit of time. And, of course, it's killed her career absolutely stone dead. But as everybody else is having babies, she wants baby too. So, you know, way eight because I'm worth it and because he's paying for it. Because that's it. Because he's obviously richer than she is. Because he made all his money in one direction. Whereas she didn't make that much in, uh, I think it was Girls Aloud. She made most of her money after that through endorsements and stuff like that. But anyway, you'd think when they go out, they'd be smiling. Jerry Horner, that's Ginger Spice, uh, is, uh, is having a baby at 44. Big smiles, everything. Cheryl, Little Miss Misery. Little Miss, she must go in going, hey, way eight, we had picture tick in a day. Because I'm pregnant and I'm feeling very miserable. Of course, the next thing is she'll be suffering from depression. That's all I need, isn't it? You just need to add these things to your life. Because everybody's in the papers today talking about it. There was somebody uh, from Made in Chelsea who nobody's ever heard of. He's also been suffering from depression. Mark Wright is now claiming that he's OCD together with his sister. And I've never seen any evidence of that whatsoever. Isn't it funny? You'd think I would notice that, being a very observant person. And apparently, if you sort of touch your leg in the same place every time, then um, then you sort of 
You always do that. Well, I've never noticed that. He's never been... He's been in the business for ages. He's never once mentioned OCD, but apparently it runs in the family. His father's got it, and his sister's got it, and they've all got it. The entire world's got OCD, and he's doing a programme on it, which will be interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. 84850, steve at uk. Have you ever tried cutting a sausage with a plastic knife? Yes. Yes. If they're cooked, they're dead easy to cut. Dead easy to cut. I've had... Uh, in fact, actually, if, if you go to the fish and chip shop and you ask for it, they, they always give you a plastic knife and fork and you can cut sausage and batter and you can cut all sorts. Of course you can. Good heavens above, we need to get out there and smell the coffee. Anyway, some of the stories in the papers today. So, uh, so Jerry Halliwell, very happy, having a baby. Cheryl Cole, little Miss Misery. Perhaps it's her sort of image. You know, she goes out there troweled in makeup. I should imagine. They, I, mean, I mean, you look at the picture of the paper today. It's in page seven of the mirror. And they say, why the long coat chairs? Is it coal out? Which is quite sever, ever so clever. Ever so clever. And, uh, and she just looks miserable. He looks as though he can't be bothered to get dressed and looks as though he can't be bothered to have a shave either. And so they go out holding hands. Occasionally she's with somebody else. I think it's probably called a bodyguard or something like that. It's all very odd, isn't it? Very, very odd. Very, very odd indeed. An insult to democracy. This was what they were saying about Trump pointing the finger of blame. Um, lashes out at Hillary Clinton and husband Bill, otherwise known as that dirty old man. And, uh, and Bill was there. It got very personal. He didn't like it. But then he wasn't lying. He wasn't lying. They brought out women. Uh, it, it's very interesting. They brought them out there. Trump's conference with, uh, I think it was four women who claimed various things against Bill Clinton. So, of course, when he starts... He's having a go at Bill Clinton. And I mean, Bill Clinton, some poor old man who's got history, sits there with his daughter, Chelsea. It's very sweet, very nice. I'm sure she's absolutely lovely. But, you know, your father's a dirty old man. Whichever way you look at it, whether he was president of the United States, you know, he was not pleasant. And it was all done, Trump is claiming, with Hillary knowing. And then they started slugging out over the text messages, over all the files that went missing and everything. And so it just went on and on and on and on and on. And at the end of the day, all you have to put it down to is the fact they're two deeply unpleasant people, deeply unpleasant. Uh, and one of them is going to be the president of the United States. And that's the disturbing bit. You know, poor old Trump looks like he's on his last legs now. Hillary looks like she could get very fired up. But she looks... Something's happened to her face. I don't know what it is. I can never never work out. But anyway, the gloves came off and he lashed out at Hillary and husband Bill, who had to sit there and listen to it because he wasn't involved in the debate. He just had to sit there and sort of listen while his history was rehashed again and again and again and again. Uh, I got one earlier on, actually. Why did I miss this one out? Oh, apparently, according to my friend Ian, technically Australia didn't give us Mrs Mangle as the actress who played her was from Cleethorpes. Oh, right. See? My friend Ian knows everything. He knows these sort of things. And so hopefully passes it all on to me. Uh, what else have we got here? The production of the Samsung Fire Phone has stopped. I would find that quite disturbing. That's probably killed all their sales for Christmas. Who, did, who in God's name is actually going to go out and buy a Samsung phone now, thinking that there might be that danger? It doesn't matter whether it's, you know, half a percent, one percent, six percent. It doesn't matter. There is the danger that it might burst into flames. You're not going to be giving that to kids, are you, really? Uh, the stars react to the storm over Tamika's exit. Uh, and here they're talking about Strictly Come Dancing. And so they're sort of getting rid of uh, two black people. So Tamika went out, and yet all they've done is they've actually gone back over it and looked at all the runners-up. Denise Lewis, Colin Jackson. He's slightly funny, isn't he, Colin? I can't quite put my finger on it with him. Uh, Ricky Whittle. 
uh, Natalie Gamidi, Simon Webb. Uh, I mean, all sorts of people. It's got nothing to do with colour. This has got to do with whether or not somebody can dance. If they can't dance, then you get rid of them. I mean, if you look at Alicia Dixon, she was the winner in 2007. Uh, Tamika was given the boot a week after the DJ Melvin Odoom. He couldn't dance either. They weren't good enough. Now it comes down to who can do the best. Lewis Smith won in 2012. Mark Ramprakash and Karen Hardy won in 2006. I don't know what people are complaining about. You know, I think people bandy that word around racist when there is no racism. It's a case of you are, you know, you are actually as good as the dance that you last did. It's as simple as that. Isn't OCD what you have with chips, Steve? <laughs> uh, another one here. Uh, it says, I know you have your topics that you're discussing. No, I don't. I'm fairly fairly open on things like that. But I went to book a holiday and was being charged nearly £1,000 for our two-year-old boy. How can people justify £1,000 for a two-year-old? He'll probably only eat a tenner's worth of food. Well, don't book the holiday, Richard. I mean, you know, kids are going to take up a seat on an aeroplane. They don't, you know, unless you're going to sit them on your lap, they're going to take up a seat. They're going to have food. And they'll have a bed. What are they doing? Sleeping, standing up. So they're exactly the same. I never understand why they give discounts to children. In theatres, they take up exactly the same space as an adult. In fact, if anything, they want to eat and drink more. So that's probably right. You know, £1,000 for a two-year-old. If, if that holiday was two weeks, two-week holiday, £1,000, what, what do you expect it to be? He's still going on the plane. So, and he's still going to be getting transport the other end. And he's still going to be getting all the usual things, I'm assuming. But, of course, on the other hand, if you actually think that that's too expensive, well, then don't, don't book it. If you, know, if you think £1,000 is too expensive. I'm always amazed at uh, uh, how, you know, people actually go and look at holidays. They were doing, was it a luxury holiday programme they were doing a short while ago? And I was looking at the cost of it thinking, good God, who spends this much money on these holidays? And the answer is quite a few people. You know, it's nothing for people to spend ten. Excuse me, put some some of my milk in. Uh, nice, thanks. Cheers for that. Really nice. And he's brought the uh, the spoon in as well. Should I do a Yuri Geller thing? Mm-hmm. Bend, bend. <laughs> I don't stir coffee or tea anymore. What? Are you listening to something else? You're listening to this program. Is that why you're laughing? Very bitter. Yeah, I don't... What? I'm, yes, I'm... I'm hey, there's Hood. Oh, I've just demonstrated. My, my friend Ant said to me the other day, he was trying to explain to his uh, producer that uh, Steve Allen, one morning, he said he came on, he said, and he couldn't sign on to the computer. He said he spent the best five minutes of radio trying to get himself signed onto the computer. He said it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard. I said, but that's the good thing about doing a, a speech-based programme, because I can get mileage out of, you know, a teaspoon or not, not being able to sign on. I just... And so I'd, he said he did five minutes on it. I think his producer thought I was mad as a... Mad as a fruit bat, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Steve Allen is here between four and seven. I'm talking about myself like I don't exist or in third person. But uh, it's me between four and seven. And don't forget, we also have a free podcast 
We have a free podcast for you every day, which gets sent to your phone. All you have to do is go to the LBC website, which is lbc.co.uk. Download the free app for your mobile or tablet, and that's all you have to do. It's free. It costs you nothing at all. I keep saying that because it makes more sense that you can get a free podcast sent to you. And there's a few of us who have free podcasts. I'm delighted to say that we have hundreds of thousands of people who get them sent to them every single day. It's a nice little encapsulation of the world of celebrity. Sometimes we're rude. Sometimes we're quite nice. Most of the time we're rude, though, I think, which is actually far more beneficial. Who wants to be nice? Could I say you want to be nice? Go and live on a cloud or something and lick lollipops. But uh, if you want the truth, then you've come to the right place. And so it's lbc.co.uk. Coming up with Nick and the team this morning, the first of a three-day Southern Rail Strike starts... Is it tomorrow or today it starts? I can't remember which, which day it actually starts. But anyway, despite this legal challenge from Southern Rail owners, Nick will be speaking to Govia Thameslink to discuss why the talks to avoid misery for commuters broke down. It's just the uh, the unions flexing their muscles, isn't it, really? And we're the ones who suffer. Well, I don't, personally, because I don't go on Southern Rail. But uh, there'll be thousands upon thousands of you who's going to be affected by this. A new poll suggests the Conservatives have a 17-point lead over Labour. How electable is the Labour Party? It's not looking very promising, with Sharmi Chakrabarti being literally taken out and hung up to dry because of her ludicrous comments. I mean, she's only been in the job about five seconds. Already she's been attacked for her, uh, her Jewish comments, the Essex comments, and then sending her son to a private school. Also, uh, I think they're now saying, oh, she never recovered from her marriage breakdown. Just something about her I don't like. I don't know what it is. I wish I could put my finger on it and say, oh, it was this. I think it's a combination of everything. Combination of everything. And should universities take bright students with lower grades if they've been held back by poverty? Well, I think if you're held back by poverty, you shouldn't be going to university anyway. I I never went to university. We weren't held back by poverty. I just wasn't bright enough to go. All with Nick Ferrari at breakfast this morning from 7 on LBC. It's nice to be company. It's uh, Steve Allen with you all the way through until seven. You've got 22 minutes past five. It doesn't matter. We don't care about the time on this programme. We've got a woman in the paper today. Her name's um, Diane Price. And um, she's 79. She's been blocking a hospital bed for 11 months. 11 months. And um, she's been evicted, finally, and been hit with an £8,000 legal bill. Uh, Diane was admitted to a private room in a rehab unit for two weeks after she broke her leg in May. She got a clean bill of health in November and bosses pleaded with her to leave, but she dug in. Staff even put her in an ambulance to take her home to nearby Hailsham, but she climbed out and went back in again. She's a rather stupid old woman. She then asked solicitors to represent her and the NHS Foundation Trust said it had no option but to take the case to the High Court. Granting a possession order, the judge... So there was no reason why the OAP could not go home. I mean, this is how stupid we've got in this country. That an old bag like her refuses to leave hospital for 11 months. Takes up a bed. Nothing the matter with her at all. She's just... I'd have just left her there. Pushed the bed out into the car park and left it. Anyway, the the trust has been left in this ridiculous situation where a much-needed bed has been occupied for over a year. Nothing the matter with her. She's been given a clean bill of health, but she got out of the ambulance and walked. That's how well she is. Anyway, she's been given... um, an order to pay £8,000. She was evicted at 10am. It later emerged she was being admitted to another hospital after dialing 999 and saying she couldn't use the toilet at home or walk. I mean, this woman is just a menace to society. Ridiculous. Anyway, they say I'm rehabilitated, but I can't support myself. It's been making me ill. I tried to take my own life, she says. Well, there is an option, I suppose. A review later. I mean, this is just ridiculous. 
that she spends 11 months in one hospital and then she goes back in again. She's just staying there. She's got no intention of paying anything at all. Kick her out. Kick her out. I couldn't care less whether she's 79 or 190. She's been in there for 11 months in one hospital and then she does... <coughs> Overexcitement now. Then she dials 999 to continue her swizzling old ways. No, 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 dear. Out. Out. Give the bed up to somebody who needs it, not some old uh, some old person like you. Thank you very much indeed. Pete McKenna says, uh, Dermot Kelly, also in the Arthur Haynes show, played two tramps, donkeys years ago. He was in the remake of Willy Wonka. The remake of Willy Wonka. And then somebody says, why am I awake at this time of the morning? I've got to be at work until two. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. That's not good, is it? When you, when you can't sleep, when you listen to this programme, what, what can you do about it? You can't do anything at all, can you? You're kind of stuck with it, because once you're awake... And, the only thing I can advise you to do is turn the radio off. I can advise you to turn the radio off. Of course, you'll find it incredibly difficult to do. And um, one here. I have this theory about Strictly Steve. When it first started, there was a popular actor from EastEnders. Guess what? He won it. In some cases, if there's a person, if they like, they dance like a horse. Yeah, well, that's it. We, 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 we get joke characters. Ed Balls is a joke, but there again, he was a joke in, uh, in media terms anyway, in, uh, in politics. So what you've got to put up with now is this buffoon prancing around like, a, like an idiot. And you've got other people who are kicked out. But they've got to be good enough now. They've got the joke character, we know that. And now they're, they're sort of dancing. Some people put in a lot of effort, and other people don't put in any effort at all. And that would be Tamika and Mr O'Doom, I'm afraid. It's got nothing to do with their colour. It's got to do with the fact they can't dance. You know, we don't vote people off Bake Off because of their colour. We vote the, we, you vote them off if they're rubbish. That's how it works. Uh, the mum and three children killed by a, a lorry driver. And uh, this is the one who faces up to ten years in jail. He admitted killing four members of the same family when he crashed while changing music on his phone. Thomas Croker was distracted for seven seconds when he ploughed into a line of vehicles. Tracy Houghton died alongside son Ethan, 13, Josh, 11, and stepdaughter Amy when their car was shunted under a lorry. Tracy's partner, Mark Goldsmith, who's Amy's father, witnessed the horror crash from another car. The family had been travelling home in convoy. This bloke might face up to ten years in prison. And uh, they, they had the, the footage, which they showed in court... And uh, the family members of the deceased, they're actually going to view it in advance of the sentencing. I mean, it's terrible. This is a Polish dad of one from Andover, admitted causing death by dangerous driving and causing serious injury by dangerous driving. You want to see the picture? It's harrowing. Harrowing. And he might face up to ten years. I'm sorry. I'll be throwing him in prison and then conveniently losing the key. I don't think we'd be coming back with that one ever again, would we? It's ridiculous, honestly, that you can, you can get away with things like that and get nothing at all. This man should be kicked out of the country. It's just, it's appalling. Four members of the same family. Not so good, ladies and gentlemen, not so good. Uh, what else we got? Joan uh, Collins giving away, um, giving away £10,000 worth of gear to a charity shop. That's good. And, uh, and we seem to have forgotten, don't we, that we're still missing an RAF man. This is Corrie McKeague. Uh, fears now that someone was involved in his disappearance. And uh, good-looking boy, police are confident that he's not still in Bury and has not left on foot. It can only mean there is a third-party involvement. Sussex, uh, Suffolk police have said there's no evidence to support it. He's just vanished. He is based at REF Honington in Suffolk, vanished on September the 24th, and here we are, we're up to the 11th of October and still no sign of him. I mean, I have to be honest, I fear the worst. 
I fear the worst. I'm slightly disturbed. I don't know whether or not this is something that the Daily Mirror are doing. They've got uh, two people who are blooming useless at doing the uh, the telly column. Absolute rubbish. R- it really is. It's ghastly. And then confined to a little bit, Ian Highland, who's one of the funniest writers around. And he's been confined to a little bit at the bottom of this very lame column. Just looks like press release time. Very boring. Very dull. And it takes two of them. Takes two of them. Obviously not the brightest pennies in the box. What do you do about feeling anxious? Apparently just get on with life. Uh, men should open up about manxiety. Manxiety, I think it's called. Uh, also, uh, good Col- Colleen Nolan has still got her, her column in the mirror today. She's sort of like an agony aunt. Well, she's not really. I'm not totally convinced that they send her the letters. I think what they do is they actually sort of send the letters up to her and say, this is what we've actually written. Is that OK with you? And she then goes, yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that, and that's how it is. Somebody says it's really strictly come boring. Well, actually, bits of it are quite good. You know, when you, when you work out that some people are actually very, very good at dancing and some people can't dance for toffee. And then you get sort of poor old Will Young, who started being little Miss Prissy on the programme and started arguing with Len Goodman. I mean, nobody argues with Len Goodman. The man's an icon. He knows more about dancing than Will Young knows about... Just about anything, I should imagine. I do like the idea that Elton John's doing his memoirs. Apparently, somebody's paying six million for his memoirs. How honest do you think he'll be in there, ladies and gentlemen? What do you reckon? What do we reckon about Elton John and honesty? What do we reckon he'll be putting in there, and what do we reckon he'll not be putting in there? Will there be lots of photos? Very exciting. Do you know I thought about Elton John the other day? Only briefly. And I remember thinking, up until a few years ago, he used to have his white ball... Do you remember? And he would invite people down to the house. The Beckhams used to go and they raised a lot of money for charity. And then it got taken over by OK Magazine and they started putting all these chavvies in. Chavvy celebrities, which nobody wants chavvy celebrities anywhere. Uh, unless it's on the Jeremy Kyle show where, frankly, they're all, all deserving of each, o- uh, each other. And, and they used to have this big ball at his house in Windsor. And it was all, you know, everybody was there and they'd give away a Rolls Royce. You bought a raffle ticket and people bid thousands of pounds and the Beckhams went. Because it's the only time we ever get to see the, the sort of the super rich A-list celebrities actually spending money. Because the rest of the time, I'd love to know how much they give to charity every year. I mean, how, how much do you think the Beckhams give for charity? I've no idea because it's not, not released anywhere. But Elton John's white ball, white uh, tiara and some of white tails and tiara, all of a sudden seems to have disappeared, unless nobody's sponsoring it anymore and it's actually been happening. But uh, I used to enjoy looking at uh, all the people that they dragged out of soaps to put in there. Very worrying. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. I know you don't want to get out of bed. I know you really don't want to get out of bed, do you? But you're going to have to. You're going to have to make the effort this morning because it's Tuesday and it's coming up 26 minutes to six. So now's the opportunity to drag your weary body into the bathroom. Oh, God, it's awful, isn't it? And you turn on the lights, you look in the mirror and you go, oh, dear. Here we go. Restoration job number three this morning. So, because it's awful. I mean, I think you need the cup of coffee in the morning. I think you need the cup of coffee to wake you up and give you that impetus to get out there and say, today, I'm going to do something nice. I think every day you should do something nice. You know, do a, do a, do a good act. Say hello to somebody. Tell somebody they look nice. You know, even at work, you're all right if you lie, who cares? You know, but just say to somebody, you look really good today. And they'll, they'll burst with pride, I promise you. You always, get a, you always get a compliment back if you give a compliment to somebody else. If I go up to Joanne Webb on the travel and I say, you look really good today, she's going to sort of puff up like a peacock and go, thank you. She will, she'll do that. And she'll put her head on one side when she says it. I say it to people on the news desk, you look really gorgeous today. And they go, thank you. Because people like compliments, not to you. Not to the producer, you know. 
You don't give compliments to him. He's Australian. They're not used to... They, 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 they get slightly disturbed and start calling HR if you give them compliments. So we never give them compliments. We just say, you know, you do your job, you get paid for it. Sorry? Just give me money, he says. What would you do with money? You'd only waste it on another silly haircut. You know... We would, we would discuss... It. No, we weren't. Anyway, so moving on, there's other stories at the Daily Star today. The Strictly New Race row. This is Furious Black Dancers given the boot first. But it could have been anybody. It doesn't matter. Don't make something out of something that isn't there, please. It becomes very embarrassing for the country. Russell Brand, good God, I thought he was finished, says his army of female admirers no longer want to have sex with him. Instead, they either want one of his books signed or a chat with him about spirituality. The man's an idiot. The man's an idiot. He was exposed as an idiot ages and ages ago. Uh, English Rose Kate, our secret Brexit weapon. Royals in EU drive. God, the spin doctoring of this family, I tell you. Takes some going, doesn't it? And so they've got uh, William and Harry out there talking to little children. They don't know who they are. They're talking to little children. They've got no idea. Nasty man with orange beard. Go away, go away, go away. Would you like to have a picture taken? No, no, we don't want pictures taken. One in four people can't boil an egg. I mean, I have to be honest, I might have to be included in that. I'm not sure. I know that you, you boil the water and then you slowly lower the egg in on a spoon. And that's all I know. But I don't know how long to do it for. I suppose you use an egg timer. Is it three minutes or something? Or is that hard boiled? I don't, I've really got no idea. I don't eat eggs that often. Occasionally I eat, eat eggs, but it's, it's really kind of rare. It, I mean, it really, it, it's a very rare thing. Uh, here we go. Prezza's Cheza in cover-up. Little Miss Misery out with even more miserable boyfriend. What a dreary couple they turn out to be. You'd think, actually, with a combined wealth of maybe £20 million, they'd be the happiest couple in the world. They'd be jumping up and down and going, yeah, of course we're happy. Whereas, in fact, they're little Mr and Mrs Misery. Not even married, but there you go. The Yob twins finally kicked out. The rather nasty little pieces of work. This is uh, Brooks Way, finally kicked off the X Factor. Bosses were forced to act after a series of allegations were made about Josh Brooks at the weekend. They just look like they're going to be thugs, don't they? Apparently they used to terrorise an estate some time ago. Um, a lot of people says, I don't think it's fair. They've not been with everyone since the start. Uh, an X Factor spokesman said, following the allegations relating to Josh Brooks, we've decided by mutual consent that Brooks would leave the competition. Good. Good. I'm sorry, you cannot have somebody on the allegations of attacking a woman and you're putting somebody on the television. No, 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 they had to go immediately. And of course, once you get rid of one, what's the point of keeping the other one? Neither of them can sing. They're just put on there as some sort of joke, sort of pretty boys, but uh, pretty boys with a, a bit of a past, which isn't very pretty at all. Uh, also, Honey G has been branded a fake by a fellow finalist. Well, I think she's a fake too. I think she's absolutely... I mean, do you seriously think... I mean, uh, come on, let's, let's come into the real world, shall we? OK, and back in the room, thank you. And so here's Honey G, this ridiculous old woman with ridiculous sunglasses on and a baseball cap on, who, you know, doesn't have any looks, doesn't appear to have any talent, certainly didn't list years ago any of her hobbies being rapping, so that's fake. That's fake. I mean, what can you possibly do with her? Well, they're going to put her into the charts up against sort of proper rappers. Don't be so stupid. Do you remember years ago, was it one of uh, one of the Aitken girls who, who went out there and started rapping in a shop? Remember going, oh, my Godfathers. And this one here. Apparently, when she puts hat and glasses on, she gets into character. Exactly, it's a character. Honey G. I mean, anything less honey. 
you know, really, really be hard pushed to find. So, and also, she's not going to be topping our charts anytime soon. It's not going to be happening, is it? I don't think. Uh, youngsters reckon being a what is the best grown-up job to have. I thought radio presenter or just celebrity. No, vet. A vet. I love the way they think that... I think they all think that you're dealing with sort of little pussycats and little doggies that come in and go, oh, that's lovely, isn't it? And you sort of pat them on the head, as opposed to dealing with animals that have been run over by vehicles or animals you've got to put to sleep. It's a tough job being a vet, let me tell you. I quite like the super vet on the telly. I quite like that. I quite like that person. And uh, Ollie says... Oh, he's not started writing. He started writing. What is the matter with this bloke? This is really odd. He says, can you save your daily compliment for me today? What is going on? He comes from, obviously, Sheffield. You know what comes from Sheffield, don't you? Stealing. Oh, sorry, steel. Steel, as in knives and forks. I do beg your pardon. But he's now started writing and sending me pictures of himself. We had this the other day. He started sending... We were here the other day when he started sending stuff out. He got, you know, I'm looking for somebody to talk about fruit and veg or odd-shaped turnips or something. And, uh, and I, I don't want to hear about this. And now, a compliment he wants. A compliment. All right, you're getting fat. All right, there you go. There's your compliment for today. Can't bear fat people. <laughs> actually, I did see him. I have to be honest, I've just remembered, actually, in the, the dim recesses of my mind. I remember coming in here one year after, I think, the, uh, the Christmas party, and I think that he was completely passed out on the floor. I seem to remember there was something there. I think in one place there was uh, uh, Tom Swarbrick, who was, who'd passed out, and in another place, I'm sure, there was Ollie. And I think he was wandering around with his shirt off. To be honest with you, I thought it was an, ad, an, an advertisement for telegraph wires. I had no idea this was actually a body. He's emaciated, poor little thing. I mean, I'm quite glad to see that he's, he's putting on a lot of weight and started fattening himself up for Christmas. That means we won't have to actually order a turkey this year. We found it. Anyway, apart from that... Yeah, yeah. He's a little Ollie. Little Ollie. Well, we call him Little Ollie. That's just the rumours. And um, so also in the, uh, in the papers today, the show goes on... For Kanye West, who apparently is shaken but not stirred. And he goes out there to do... Th- because you know why? If he doesn't do these concerts, they'll be suing left, right and centre. The promoters will be suing. Of course he's got to do them. But the bodyguard is keeping a close eye on him. I don't know why. So what do you think? They're really going to sort of pop up at a concert and go, um, we want your jewellery. They've, they've got away with £8 million worth or £9 million worth or whatever you like to think it is. And uh, any danger of finding it again soon? Probably not. Funny thing is the, the bodyguard is still working. Still working. That I found very difficult. Uh, there's a, a model here. Although, to be honest with you, I've got no idea who she is. Apart from that, she's fairly ancient. Have you ever heard of this one before? Her name is Petra Nemkova. No, none of us have heard of her. But she turned up the other day. She's obviously trying to get uh, a picture in the paper. She's quite old. She's 37 in modelling terms. I mean, that's practically past it. Uh, Earlier this year, she was spotted leaving a Berlin hotel. Oh, this is the link. Spotted leaving a hotel with Lewis Hamilton. Oh, there's your claim to fame, dear. There's your claim to fame. That was lucky, wasn't it? I was so worried that, in fact, you wouldn't have found somebody to attach yourself to. Oh, oh, by the way, um, Lewis Hamilton, I don't know if you've read, has started cutting back his press conferences. The reason is, he said that the the media are not treating him with respect. And, And I wasn't really too sure where he was coming from. I was slightly disturbed by the fact that the media were not treating him with respect. And, and I thought, what are they supposed to do? He just puts his foot down on the accelerator. That's all he does. He drives racing cars fast. 
But then I could probably do exactly the same. I mean, provided I've got the suit on and I'm logoed up so people can actually see that, you know, I'm, I'm sort of sponsored by, by somebody. So that's why I find very difficult to believe that the media have disrespected him. If anything, I thought they've given him loads of coverage when it wasn't really justified. There was no point in giving him loads of coverage like that. All he does is drive racing cars and wears funny outfits. When we saw some of his outfits, I began to wonder if it was the Emperor's new clothes all over again. Somebody said, put this on, Lewis. It's, it, it'll be called fashion. People will really look up to you. No, people started pointing and laughing because he looks so ridiculous. I mean, absolutely ludicrous. You know, at least when I go out, I dress my age. Well, I think I dress my age because this is where I have a little bit of a dilemma. I'm not sure what dressing your age means. I really don't know. I've, you know, I don't know. Do you get to a certain age and then you change your wardrobe? I mean, I wear jeans. Am I too old to be wearing jeans? <clears throat> Short sleeve shirts I wear all the time because I'm not really big into into long sleeve shirts. But then having looked at how badly um, marked my arm is after we had the debacle, you remember, with the uh, thing. It's only a few people have started noticing it now. It's almost like having a disfigurement. And people go... You know, oh, I didn't notice you were defigured, uh, disfigured. Oh, the bells, the bells. You know, that kind of thing. They haven't, didn't even notice the hump on the back and all that kind of thing. And um, so this sort of mark on my arm, I was told it was going to scar anyway. And occasionally I find people looking at it going, what's that? And I go, that's peppercorn sauce. Don't ever pour hot peppercorn sauce on your arm. Because, what do you think it was? A, a, some, some tribal message or something to you? No, no. Hot peppercorn sauce, that is. And it has, it did, t- I mean, it, it, it was bad. If you look at the pictures on Twitter taken ages ago, I mean, it did look bad. It sort of, it sort of come down, I don't know, I could probably put some sort of makeup over it so that you wouldn't notice it. But was it nice sauce? I don't know, it went over my arm. I don't, I don't know whether it was nice. It, I didn't finish the steak, no. I didn't, no, surprisingly, I didn't finish the steak or the sauce. I just hoovered it all up. And then sort of just looked at my arm and went, Ooh. It hurt. It's very hurting. But now it's sort of, it's come, it's taken a layer of skin off. I don't know whether it grows back again. I don't know whether or not, I don't think it will. So I might have to get some of that sort of makeup, which you just sort of put over there. And But then that's going to look a bit bizarre. It's going to look even more bizarre, isn't it? Because if, if you've got um, skin complaints, I know I've, I know this over the years because we've done it. There was a makeup that came out, which is green, which takes down the, the redness. You know when you get a lot of redness on people's face? You put this green makeup on and then you sort of powder over the top of it and it takes down the redness. But I don't think you can do it on an arm. I think it's going to look a little bit like I'm sort of auditioning for Wicked, which, of course, I'm not. I could be the Wicked Witch of the, uh, of the East, the West, or wherever it is she comes from. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Tuesday, the 11th of October. Apparently, and I've yet to find the story, I heard about it earlier on, uh, the Mars astronauts may return with dementia. Is this this, uh, is this this Mars experiment that they think you've said, but it's such a long trip? Isn't it sort of like eight years out and eight years back again? Whatever it is, I remember thinking at the time, that's a hell of a long way. I mean, you, you could have changed, and you possibly could, you possibly could have dementia. You could have all sorts of things, couldn't you? And... Um, one part of me quite fancies the idea of going to Mars just to see what it looks like, and the other half of me is absolutely terrified. Mary Whitehouse makes the papers today. The reason she makes the papers is that the barrister who fought her over the Romans in Britain rape scene says she's been vindicated. This is Jeremy Hutchinson, QC, who clashed 
with Mary Whitehouse during her private prosecution of the National Theatre play The Romans in Britain. It was back in 1982, so back before many of you were even twinkles in your parents' eyes. Uh, Mrs Whitehouse objected to a scene in which the Romans were seen attempting to rape a naked druid on stage. But she dropped her claim of procuring gross indecency after the QC's cross-examination of a witness reduced the courtroom to laughter. Years later, however, Lord Hutchinson admitted Mrs Whitehouse had had a point following the rise in extreme forms of pornography that become available. His uh, biographer, Thomas Grant, made the revelation at the Cheltenham Literary Festival where he told the audience it was very easy to laugh at Mary Whitehouse because a lot of people did. Because she complained about everything. There was nothing. She would write to the BBC. They used to, as you heard earlier on this morning from a couple of my listeners, uh, people used to do things on television hoping she'd complain because if, if she drew attention to it, people watched it. It's the old Mike Reed, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, isn't it? Let's ban that record. What does it do? Straight to number one. Banning things turns out to be the way forward. As I said before, as I think I say in my uh, book, I have mentioned I've got a little book, actually. And, um, and it's a case of, if you want to draw attention to something, ban it, or go in the papers saying, this is absolutely outrageous. How can we be allowed to listen to this kind of thing or see this kind of thing? And people go, really? Oh, we'll watch that. So now when you get Darren Day going on Loose Women and uh, saying that he's going to be bearing his bottom on stage, like this was some revelation nowadays. People are, it makes all the papers, because people say, wow, Darren Day's going to show you his bottom. I mean, I'm assuming it's the same as most other people's, except Kim Kardashian's, which, of course, is three bottoms on one person. But uh, that, that's what you have to do nowadays. You have to get publicity for something. So you either become, you know, somebody who objects to it violently... Or you become somebody who goes, I'm so horrified by this, I can't even begin to tell you that if this record or this group ever see the light of day, I will be horrified. Because that's, that's what we thrive on. If you're a nice person now, if you're a person who's, who's got no edge to them and, and you just sort of do nice things, you're not going to get anywhere. They're going to look for people with a bit of an edge. It's no good having a, a radio presenter coming on in the morning going, oh, hello, welcome to... Uh, LBC, it's very nice to be with you. You're going to be thinking, what the dickens is that? That was Adrian Childs, incidentally, when he attempted to do an early morning television programme, which failed miserably, mainly because he was miserable, and he was stuck with, hi you, next to him, doing sort of the whole plastic scenario, which wasn't particularly good at all. I mentioned yesterday, and I mention it again today, that local councils, the length and breadth of the land, are warning you against buying mattresses. I know it's an odd thing, but you do get people selling mattresses door-to-door. It's an over-assignment at a hotel. We've got them when we're banging them out cheaply. £100 for a double, 160 whatever it happens to be. Do not buy any of them. These people are crooks. OK? I can only tell you they're buying in cheap, unbranded mattresses, putting branding on them, or failing that they're second-hand mattresses. And you don't want that, do you? You've got to be very careful buying anything like that. They've, they must comply. With, uh, with everything, because we have standards in this country. So local councils, length and breadth of the land from here to John O'Groats are saying, do not buy mattresses. It's like we, we get people in Twickenham coming, like to buy a set of knives. What for? You know, or somebody used to... I remember being stopped once, some bloke saying, excuse me, mate. They always do that to me. They always say that to me. Excuse me, mate. And, um, and they, they sort of say, uh, I'm just coming back from a fashion show in London. And I always, I want to say to them, what fashion show would that be? Because I know what fashion shows are running. And I've got these leather jackets left over. No, you haven't. You've just got a bunch of really cheap, horrible leather jackets. And you're trying to flog it. I'm going back to the airport. What, in this car are you? What, you're taking them on board the plane as hand luggage? You know, they're so stupid. Don't ever buy anything out of a boot. 
Seriously, somebody stops you. The latest one that came out about three or four years ago was somebody offering to sell you a sound system. A sound system. Speakers. They would offer to buy you. There was nothing in them. It was like the fake auctions in London. You probably got them length and breadth of the land. But we got the, we got the fake auctions uh, up and down. And people were bidding on empty boxes. Televisions with no workings in them. People were bidding on them. It was, it was the most frightening thing. But again, a fool and his money are soon parted, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, somebody says, what about that multicolour sequin jacket I saw you with on Google? I've never worn a multicoloured sequin jacket in my life. I don't even possess any multicoloured sequin jackets. I possess a red sequin jacket, a blue sequin jacket, a green sequin jacket, a black sequin jacket, a silver sequin jacket. Uh, what other colour have I got? Might be one other colour. Purple sequin jacket. But I don't have multicoloured sequin jackets. That would be silly. That would be circus outfit. Uh, from Cy in Oxfordshire, he said, so one in four people can't boil an egg. This is the facts that we get from the paper this morning. He says, I'm sure the other three can boil the egg. Let the one who can't do uh, it do the washing up. It's fairly simple. And how to boil an egg. Susie in Kensal Rise which has uh, got a very famous cemetery. Lots of famous people buried in the Kensal Rise Cemetery. Uh, Susie says, put eggs in saucepan with water, bring to the boil, turn down the heat slightly, and then boil for three minutes. Bringing eggs to the boil from the start stops the eggs cracking. Yes, there is that danger, isn't there, that you can put an egg in and it will actually crack, and then it... Uh, but I, I can't eat eggs anymore. I don't know why. It was nothing to do with Edwina Curry. It was due to the fact that I sort of... I just... Taking the top off an egg. As a kid, I used to eat it, and we liked it. I can taste it now, and it's horrid. And and then we get eggy soldiers, and I said, "Oh dear, not eggy soldiers again." My mother used to serve it up like it was something we should be really thrilled about. Not me, not me. And so now, if I do go out and I do have an egg, I insist it being cooked on both sides. I don't want to see any runny yolks. It's odd, isn't it? Perhaps I'm OCD. I don't know. Got to be something, haven't I? So thank you, Susie, for that one. Just leaving the sticks of Carmarthenshire for the office, and uh, you know me. Stopping for a, a latte coffee on the M4 in about three minutes. You're responsible for that, says Paul. I know. I always say to people, you do need a cup of coffee to get you going in the morning. I don't know what it is about uh, coffee. Uh, Steve, Google your name, click on the images, and I'm pretty sure that's multicoloured. No, it won't be multicoloured. I don't possess multicoloured. Luckily, I do know exactly what clothes I possess. Believe you me, I know exactly what clothes I possess. And uh, Steve in Shepherd's Bush says, I've been listening to the sound of silence since you said it yesterday on the show. Great song. This is the, this is the old Simon and Garfunkel one. I think it beats Simon and Garfunkel, and I, it's very rare that I would ever say that. It's the sound of silence, and it's, uh, it's a group called Disturbed. And it's twice on the internet. Once is the official video of it. It's had 114 million hits. And when you hear it, and I get people from our news desk, hardened journalists, ladies and gentlemen, going, I watched that the other day, and I think it's absolutely amazing. And you watch them. That does look multicoloured, doesn't it? It's not, I promise you. It's not. Oh, who's that? Go back, back up, back, back up. That's a good picture of me. I like that picture there. God, I was good looking. My Godfather. But look at that one. Where did that one come from? Good Lord. Oh, that one's maybe not so good looking. Oh, that was on the Chris Moyle show. That's a nice scarf. I know, I'm big into my scarves, actually. I was wearing my little coat there. I like some of those other pictures of me. I think I've aged quite badly, actually. Look at me there. Look all fresh-faced and cute and... That was the, um, oh, that was the, oh, there's even a, I, you know, I've never seen that poster for the Angina Monologues, which is what we did over at uh, the Queen's, I've, I've never seen that poster, isn't that interesting? And um, 
And here's me and loads of other people. My God, there, there, yeah, thank you. There, there's a history and a half. A history and a half. I think I've still got that shirt. It does look multicoloured, that jacket, but I promise you it's not. I think it's just gold. I think it was the way that it was reflecting in, in the light. You'll have to go on to Google and find it out for yourself. Some very good pictures of me there. I was quite pleased, actually. The funny thing is, that if you're on the radio or you're on the television or something like that, and people take pictures of you, they, they kind of, they're there forever and a day. Perhaps I'll send one to Ollie. I'm sure he'd be thrilled to get a signed picture. Uh, the Villages, we'll look at after the news at six today. After Midsummer Murder uh, claims that evil flourishes in the English countryside, they've basically written down a whole list of things. I mean, there was a car vandal. Turned out to be an OAP who lived in the village with a grudge. There was somebody who was poisoning cats in one particular village. Turned out to be an old man who just had a grudge against people. They, they go barking mad. Uh, there was a noisy cockerel in one village, and then somebody said it was shot dead. And I remember a friend of mine telling me that he went to live in one of these villages, and uh, he said it was ghastly, absolutely ghastly. He said people didn't welcome people from outside. They thought it was sort of townies moving in and destroying the village, but, of course, it was actually keeping it going. Very difficult thing to do. And I spoke to one, one particular lady, and she had gone to live in a village, and she said everybody shunned me because I was single and divorced, and they all reckoned that I'd be chasing their husbands. So she didn't get invited to dinner parties, luncheons. People were going, uh, anyway, come away, come away. <laughs> so she didn't meet anybody at all. Petrol could go up, believe it or not, by 5p a litre. I mean, how much more expensive? We are really the butt of Europe, aren't we? We're getting, we're getting hammered every single way. It's terrible. Uh, desperate for an it bag. This is what the, the ladies who lunch like. Big it bags. Friends of mine always say, what do you think of that? And I was go, it was really nice. And they go, it was really good value. And then I watch it on QVC. Other places sell them. And they go, and this Lulu Guinness bag is £670. And I think, £670? Who spends that much money on handbags? The Yob twins finally out of the X Factor. Kanye West makes his return to the public eye, like people care. Elton John's doing his memoirs. That'll make an interesting read. Police are warning, killer clown Yobs. And uh, the Calais death horror, the migrant who dies... As a Briton driving the car flees a gang who are trying to assault him. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Five minutes past six, Tuesday, the 11th of October. It's Steve Allen with you until seven this morning on LBC. The Calais death horror. A migrant dies as a Briton who was driving a car has to flee a gang who were trying to attack him. Wills, Kate and Harry drag each other about on the London Eye. It's uh, all to talk about... Uh, World Mental Health Day. Why that involves the London Eye, I really can't imagine. So many grammar school opponents are just hypocrites. Shami Chakrabarti appears to be at the top of the list of most of the paper's hit list for today. Still rocking at 75, Joe Brown used to be with his brothers years ago. And the Towie babe, Jasmine Wallier, is shooting a new music video. Hilarious. Didn't... Didn't even know she could sing. Much well, she probably can't, actually. Uh, Wayne Rooney's been dropped as team leader. That has brought the trolls out. And now the wife, Colleen, <laughs> has sort of jumped onto the bandwagon and uh, started saying, you know, don't hurt people and all this kind of thing. It's just, listen, it's just somebody else comes in as England manager and they decide to have a little bit of a change. Uh, the Yob twins from X Factor finally kicked out. So let's hope we don't ever hear from them ever again. But I have a sneaking feeling you might. I have a sneaking feeling now they've been kicked out and they've issued a, a statement, they'll probably put them up on the television. I would think that would probably be very unwise, really, unless you actually put on the girl who claims that she was attacked by one of the brothers. Uh, more of your uh, texts and emails this morning. Uh, another one here. Ian says, I think you're OCD. 
Because I could be. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was never too sure. This is, uh, this is where you sort of do things as, like, repetitive. Uh, he says, uh, I am to a bit. I can eat eggs. I can eat baked beans. But seeing to get them together makes me sick. You see, I can, I can eat eggs, bacon, sausages, and what's called the traditional British fry-up. Uh, and, but strangely enough, if I see anybody cutting into an egg and the egg yolk flows over everything, it makes me feel ill. I have to look there. My friend Michael does things like that. We used to eat in this uh, cafe uh, in, in Twickenham, which isn't there anymore. Bit of a shame, really. I love a good fry-up occasionally, about once a year. And he would cut his... I'd have to look the other way. I don't want to do that. They'd have to cook my egg both sides. Both sides. Uh, Melanie says... Katie Hopkins had a right rant about Lewis Hamilton and his surly attitude. It was hilarious. And true. He needs to remember why he's so rich. Well, the, these people forget... And in the case of poor old Lewis Hamilton, he does just drive racing cars very fast. He was very good on Top Gear. They, they brought out, I thought, the best in him. But then he occasionally goes off the rails and he has, you know, this, this bit about the press conferences and the press not giving him respect. You just drive cars fast. You know, there's, there's no other way to describe it. He wears funny little outfits, which we all point and laugh at. And they start believing the hype. They start believing the publicity. Look at Bross. Look at Bross. They start believing that they're the nearest thing to sort of the reincarnation of the Beatles, as opposed to they've not played together for 30 years. It's going to be hilarious. They're going to have to be backed up by just about everybody. It's sold out, yeah. It's sold out. 20,000 seats in seven seconds. Not physically possible to sell 20,000 seats in seven, in seven seconds. What they're going to sing, I've got no idea. Seriously, I've got no idea what they're going to They only had three hit singles. And uh, I agree with you, says Norman. I've just watched the video of Disturbed singing uh, The Sound of Silence. He says, I can't help but agree. I know, I've spoken to more people about that, that video on YouTube, The Sound of Silence by Disturbed. And they do a live version as well, which I think was on Conan's show in America. And it's a very powerful piece of music. And he sings it brilliantly. I mean, it's, it's really... I've, I've, it's, it's, it's quite rare for me to be moved by things. But when I, when I become moved by it and I become passionate about it, then I feel I have to share it with you. And I've had nothing but, um, but people saying, I agree with you. It's absolutely fantastic. And uh, Ian in Sheffield keeps playing it as well, which is good news. There you go. See, I'm, I'm not, as, uh, not as wrong as I, as I thought I might have been. Uh, the dairy always get me to do any TV or radio publicity says Kevin the Milkman. Does Darren Day's example mean that the next TV work I'm asked to do means I have to expose my bottom? It would turn the milk. <laughs> You're probably right, actually. You're probably right. Uh, it doesn't surprise me, says Mark, that so many people can't boil an egg. I wonder how many of those people actually know where eggs come from. Oh, well, don't, because they probably haven't got... Well, the supermarket, I think. I think people think they're made in a factory. He says, you would think that with the amount of time spent staring into a smartphone screen, we should be somewhat more enlightened, generally, with the magic of Google. I mean, Google is my favourite, favourite search engine. I don't end up knowing any other, any other search engines. And somebody will say something to me. It's like somebody the other day made a complete cardinal sin, but I, I refused to acknowledge it because I just thought they were being stupid. Where they said, We were talking about circuses. And they said that um, Billy Smart Circus had this clown with a hair that rose up either side called Coco. And I wanted to say, no, it was Bertram Mill Circus that Coco the clown was involved with. But I thought, no, let's let it pass. Because you can spend every day nitpicking. Somebody who says, so-and-so had this hit single. I go, actually, no, it was somebody else who had it. So you can, you can pick people up all the time because, you know, now we should be better educated. We should know about things. That's why stations like LBC are so important, because you learn things. It becomes an education. 
It becomes educational. You listen to every single programme. It doesn't matter whether it's this programme or you listen to James O'Brien and you understand his, uh, when he does his sort of magical hour and, uh, and he does that. You know, if, if you understand all the things he talks about on there, that's good. That educates you. You know, years of doing Secret London with Diane Burstein um, meant that I can now go round London and point out things to people. So if I've got friends coming down from up north or something like that, I say, I must show you this. I've got to show you this house or I've got to show you this this little bit of London. This is this is London, Regency London captured. It's not changed in all these years. And I like to do that. And that's what I've learned. So that's why this programme is uh, is educational. That's why when we do the newspapers and we pass comment on people, it's always constructive. Well, as constructive as it can be when you try and dismiss third-rate uh, celebrities. Jerry Halliwell is going to become a mum again at the age of 44. That'll be two. I forget what her child's called. It's Blotum, Blossom or Beatrice or something like that, which is all very nice. Uh, Strictly star Bruno Tonioli. His wild arm gestures have sparked a riff with Len Goodman because he keeps belting the head judge in the face. He's a little bit of a show-off, Bruno Tonioli. He nearly walked out the other day. I was hoping he would have done. I think he's, he's past his sell-by now. He's gone a little bit. They say he's known for his flamboyant gesticulations. No, he's known for showing off. Because he's so dull, normally they have to make some examples. So if you wave your arms about and pretend to be Italian, that's, that's, that's a great thing. Campo de Gino does it as well. He does it a lot on that, uh, that fruit juice programme. Lemonade, or I can't remember what it's called anyway. But uh, somebody says there have been several times this year when Bruno has clonked Len in the face, but it was the final straw on Saturday. I mean, he's just silly. You feel like saying, stop showing off, OK? We know you're an old man, but stop showing off. Sit down, just be quiet, get on with it. Uh, the sinister craze sweeping Britain. It's going to end in disaster, this one. I could seriously see it. Uh, Ace's lad is leader of Creepy Mob. Um, and it's all over the country. Yob cuts off finger in scuffle. There was somebody the other day, I think it's up on uh, YouTube, somebody was blocking an exit, dressed as a clown, a sinister clown, in a car park. Somebody was telling me about this. It was a bit of a dull story, but it had an interesting uh, turnaround. And so somebody goes over there to get them to move, and they don't. And then is it the other person, not the clown, who gets the bottle? Or is it the clown? The, The person. So the other person who goes to get the clown to move... The clown goes, ha, starts laughing. This bloke goes to his car, gets a bottle, smashes it and goes and starts to chase him. Because it's, it's going to end in disaster, this. I promise you, there's going to be a death at some point over the next week if this doesn't stop. It's had disastrous consequences in America. I think it'll have exactly the same over here. Uh, the other bad story for Samsung. They must be recalling things left, right and centre. They've, uh, they've stopped their... Uh, the production of their phone, the Samsung exploding phones. This is the second recall. Uh, One man woke up to find that the phone had filled his room with smoke. I mean, it's serious stuff for Samsung, who are in a continuous battle with Apple. I mean, the share prices have plummeted now since this. So they've stopped selling the Galaxy Note 7 after uh, after those phones sent out to replace the faulty devices were found to be unsafe. So if you've got one... I suggest you take it back and perhaps perhaps get your money back. You don't want to risk anything like that. They blamed it on the supplier. But uh, some of the experts are saying, I don't think they really know where it's coming from. Uh, Steve says, Michael, I'm always up very early and find this programme very comforting at this time of the morning. I've never had this programme described as comforting before. I'm not, uh, <laughs> I'm not really sure, actually, uh, whether or not comforting is the, uh, is the right word. Just available, I think, is good. Um, Steve... Says, Pat, do you wear a sweater in the cold weather? No. 
I'm not a sweater person. I don't want to go from boiling hot to freezing cold. Uh, Diana says, I've got some lovely photographs of you taken in uh, Twickenham. Great ones of the glittery jackets taken at a couple of the Christmas lights switch on events. Um, another one. Jane says, uh, disturbed singing Sound of Silence with an orchestra is even better. Yeah, that was on the Conan programme in America. That's on YouTube as well. Check it out, as they say. Check it out. Because it's lovely. It's good. Uh, what else have we got quickly? I was just having a quick look here. A lot of people talking about um, with all these clowns running around. And uh, <laughs> Andrew in Shepherd's Bush, he says, what do you mean you were good looking? He says, you make James O'Brien look like he should be ringing bells somewhere. So cruel. So cruel, but, but so true, I think. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. Tuesday, the 11th of October, just after uh, half past six after the news and the travel. We go through the front pages of the papers. But there's a a very interesting piece today. Channel 4, contrary to usual form, uh, Channel 4 failed to send out a preview of Sunday's Celebrity Island with Bear Grylls. Well, I say celebrity. There's some people on there who you might have vaguely seen. They all come from tacky old reality shows. But uh, anyway... According to the hotel's Mark Jenkins, of which you will not know anything about, uh, the animal didn't suffer. It was a killing of a caiman for light entertainment purposes. Uh, He says it didn't suffer, this animal. So here they are on this island. They've got to survive. And as I say, you've got some really delusional people on there, people who, if their ego meant that they could eat food for the rest of their life or starve, this lot would starve. Selfie queen Karen Danjuk, that's what she's known as, not known as being intelligent or anything else, yanked this animal out from under a rock by its tail. Lydia Dim, that's the one who succumbed to Arge's... Arge's, anyway, uh, Arge's, I think full stop on that one. The other day, having told us they'd finished, but of course she tells lies after lies. She then muzzled its jaw, if only somebody would do the same to Lydia Dim, um, and then made in Chelsea gonk Ollie Locke. There's somebody who really defies description in the real world. He then straddled its back and plunged a knife into its brain. This they failed to tell you, but we knew about it before because I've told you about it. Short of Geordie Shaw's Charlotte Crosby turning its feet into a pair of Ugg boots or Channel 4 getting the poor creature to co-host Sexbox with Steve Jones, I'm struggling, writes Ali Ross, to think of a more demeaning way to go. Didn't bloody suffer, he says. Exactly. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And that's in the name of light entertainment. Ollie Locke, a more peculiar person you'd be hard pushed to find. Affected, naff, talentless. Oh, no, that's Karen Danjuk. Oh, no, sorry, that's Lydia Dim. Oh, blimey. That's practically everybody on the programme. Lydia, of course, you can't actually get out of bed without actually waving into the camera or doing something. Uh, lots of pictures in the paper of Jerry Halliwell. But it's, she's not Jerry Halliwell now, she's Jerry Horner. Doesn't quite sound as exciting. I preferred her when she had a personality years ago and she was doing those NAF game shows and, uh, and sort of demonstrating the prizes. And she was sort of funny when she wore the, uh, the British dress, didn't she, for the Spice Girls and t- cheekily, they said, uh, tweaked Prince Charles's bottom. She was always a little bit tacky. But anyway, she's expecting another baby at the age of 44. So they've, they've got pictures out and they're looking happy and they look... As you would do, you know, she had a happy marriage. You know, she's got the kids and, uh, and now they've got a new one coming out. By contrast, Miss Misery, Cheryl, um, the, the page get, you know, can't you smile, dear? Is there something the matter with you? Have you had a bypass or something? Both of them look as miserable as sin. Going out to Nobu. Perhaps they've seen the menu, I don't know. What, what, why would you look miserable when you've got loads of money and you're supposed to be pregnant? You're supposed to be wonderful. These people are sort of following in Miss Dreary, Victoria Beckham's footsteps of going out, looking as miserable as sin all the time. What's the matter with smiling? 
What's meant to be? If you look at a picture of Cheryl Cole, you'd seriously think she'd lost a million and found a penny. It's as bad as that. You know, you feel like saying to her, I'm sorry, dear, if you're thinking of smiling, could you mind telling your face? Because you're very boring at the moment. Very boring. Uh, what else do we have here? We've got the, um, oh, the voice. Oh, Ricky Wilson is in talks with the BBC to launch a new music show. Oh, God, how boring. How many more new music shows do we need? It's like, oh, we've only got, we've got another antique show or another baking show. Every time I turn on the television, that's all we've got now is baking or antique shows. It's very odd, isn't it? Can't we find something else? Beverly Knight was that to relive the uh, role that Whitney Houston made famous. She was with, we love Beverly Knight. She's fab. She's fab. She's relived it. She's got a bodyguard now. I suppose every, perhaps I should get a bodyguard. Perhaps I could use the Aussie boy. Perhaps he could act as a bodyguard. But to be quite honest, I don't think you're really up for the job, are you? They're supposed to be sort of SAS trained or something like that. That'd be better, wouldn't it? Somebody like that. Uh, and here we've got uh, their royal Highnesses. For some reason, Kate and Wills are like peas in a pod. They're with Prince Harry again. That's Billy No-Mates, Prince Harry, who doesn't either have a girlfriend or appears to have any friends at all. They've got to find him somebody soon. I mean, they'll have to do an arranged marriage. I mean, the royal trio, uh, William's 34, uh, Harry's 32, so, I mean, he really... By now he should have had a regular girlfriend, don't you think so? Couldn't they have found him one? They've managed to find him some work to do. But um, the eye was lit up, so they did a 30-minute ride. And it's from Heads Together. They're doing this uh, mental health charity, and I think there's various programmes on the uh, on the uh, on the uh, the television and the radio. So the royals took to it, so they lit it up in purple. I'm assuming you just push a button and it changes colour like that. It's always got LED lights. But they go on there and you think, every t- every time Wills and Kate go there, they go, oh, by the way, Harry's coming. And they, they probably go, oh, not Harry again. Can't he find his own gigs to go to? Make it a lot easier, isn't it? I'm sure Wayne Rooney, says Pat, is still drawing his vast salary. Must be comforting to him and the wife. Yes, probably. Yes, although actually I think he might have to start saving. I think he might have to start saving because there was a, a slight investigate. What is he wearing on his head? What colour is that? He should be grey by now, shouldn't he? He's almost sort of Matt Goss's colour. It's almost sort of chocolate brown. Doesn't quite go at all. It looks very odd. But then Matt looks as though he's been uh, he's been sort of Botoxed inside and out and had fillers and all the rest of it. Because he certainly doesn't look like his brother, who is much better looking now. Much better. Uh, Gino DeCampo had a much more uh, interesting job previously as a driver, says Lisa. Yes, we know. We know what his history is. Oh, yes, he, he's, he's very well known for his history, for his tea leaf department. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Didn't he steal from um, Paul Young? I think he was one of a gang who stole guitars, I think, from Paul Young. Uh, didn't Kenny Everett used to wind up Mary Whitehouse with his TV show? Probably, Steve. I don't know. I, I do remember... Kenny Everett's show. I thought his radio programmes were much, much better. Much, much better. And uh, I remember two very well-dressed Italians pulling up beside me in an expensive car, shoving, says Mark in Brent, with two watches in my face, telling me they'd just finished a trade show. Only two left, 100 quid each. They said they had to return to Italy due to family problems. I said I wasn't interested. They gave me a filthy look, slammed on the accelerator and sped off at speed. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's how crooks are operating nowadays. You, don't, you, you just sort of go and either nick something or you buy cheap things that look expensive. And, and then you try and sell it to somebody. But mattresses are the big thing at the moment. Do not, do not, do not buy any mattresses from anybody coming round to your door. OK, you'll be ripped off. Only warn you now. Tell your parents. Much easier. I've just found my wife's boiling egg instructions. And uh, Declan says, boil water, simmer, add eggs, go to bed with husband. When he's finished, remove eggs. Warning, eggs might be slightly underdone. Who said men are useful in the kitchen? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that you actually have people who cannot boil an egg in this day and age. Why would you have to? I know people who can't mow grass. 
They don't mention about that, do they? That's ridiculous. I mean, people, you know, we're all supposed to have a basic knowledge of something. I mean, I can turn on a, a thing in the kitchen. Well, we had a slight explosion in the kitchen, so obviously I'm not the best person to ask about being in the kitchen. There is a story about builders this morning. You know, they've all got yellow helmets. You see them on all the site. Put on, you know, hats will be worn on the site. But anyway, Bob the Builder style hats, which are yellow, will disappear from building sites and be replaced with new colours. Apparently, black will be a supervisor. Orange will be signalers. White will be competent operative and vehicle marshals. And blue is everybody else. So, so, why can't they just have yellow hats? Why can't we just leave things alone? It's like when they started doing the, the cricket. And I think it was the Australians who probably started putting war paint on. This sort of different colours. I was thinking, how stupid do you look? Ridiculous, you don't need it. We could see where they are. They could see the... It's called zinc. What for? What for? What's it for? It's, I know what it is. But in different colours, like the sort of... We know cricket's boring. It's played by boring people and watched by even duller people. I'm not remotely interested in cricket, as you can probably tell. The only thing I'm interested in is synchronised sinking, swimming. And that's always fairly, fairly popular. I quite like to do that, actually. Peg on your nose, jumping into a pool, creating a shape. I could create some shapes, I tell you. I'd freak out the Olympic Committee. But I'm just not sure about the zinc on the face which goes over the nose. I mean, is it there to sort of protect them from sunburn or something? Whatever it is, it looks pretty stupid. And then they've got, you know, cricket boxes, and then they've got, you know, those... And and also the ball, they keep rubbing it on their trousers. They're white trousers. It's going to make them dirty. And that's exactly what happens. They end up with red lines on their trousers. Their mummies are going to be furious when they go home and say, Mummy, I've been playing cricket. She'll know they've been playing cricket because they've got their white trousers on, which she spent an absolute age trying to get through the washing machine. And now they've got red marks on there from a cricket ball. Why don't they have paint that just doesn't come off? You know, when I used to be a bowler many, many years ago, and, uh, yeah, I can play cricket. I can play cricket. I just don't want to catch the ball if it comes in my direction. I've just refused to do that. Run, run, get... No, I'm not running. You either hit the thing to me or, or it's not happening. It's as simple as that. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 26 minutes to 7. I keep saying good morning. I've just realised in and out of every single break, mainly because I think people are sort of opting into the programme. And uh, it's quite nice if somebody says good morning to you. Um, apparently, uh, Gino DeCampo. Oh, my, uh, Jasmine Wallier, Ian says, I thought her career was over ages ago. Me too, but apparently she's making a music video. For what? I can't imagine. And Gino DeCampo really overdoes the Italian accent. It's almost a bit like he's putting it on, isn't it? So you do this and, and you think, but you must be able to speak by now, surely. Nobody does. I mean, I don't know how much Italian he uses on his programmes. Very interesting. But even Sadder on television yesterday, even Sadder was on, um, I think it was on this morning. It might have been. Was it on this morning? It was on something else. Anyway, they, uh, they dragged on poor Bratavio. A more sad, pathetic pair you'd be hard-pushed to find. They've announced they want to go on Celebrity Big Brother. No, we've seen the act. Unfortunately, there's nothing else to, to do. They've also been on Coach Trip, Judge Rinder and Towie. You know, and somebody said, might as well put them on there, but they're just not interesting enough. I'm sorry, they really have no interest to anybody. They're very bad examples to uh, put anywhere at all. It's just, it's a case of, you know, do they actually have proper jobs and work or are they on benefits? What are their jobs? I can't imagine what they could do, actually, because they certainly couldn't sing. That was a fact. Anyway, uh, with the time at 25 to 7, we'll go through the front pages of the papers. This clown craze, which is sweeping the country, you can find it on YouTube. It's really quite disturbing. These are people who think that it's great. These aren't just circus clowns. These are scary clowns. 
And they go out there and they frighten people. And it's going to end in a death. I can almost confidently predict that somebody's going to become so scared with somebody jumping out from behind a tree or chasing them through a park that they're going to turn round and somebody's going to lose their life. And we're going to go, oh, dear, don't say you didn't hear it here first because you did, because this cannot be allowed to go on. The police are now getting more calls about this. And what they've got to do is get these people into court and uh, get them in prison, as simple as this. Because you're going to jump out of a tree, or from a tree, or from behind a tree, or from out a bush, or in a car, or whatever it happens to be, and uh, somebody with a weak heart is going to drop dead on the spot, and it's going to be manslaughter. And they're going to be prosecuting people. It's not going to be difficult to find them. They're obviously people of limited intelligence. Judging by the pictures of some of them, I think they're very limited with their uh, intelligence. Uh, The Calais blockade migrant... Uh, who has been killed. It must be quite frightening driving trucks or cars through this place here where migrants are throwing sticks, rocks, anything they can to uh, to make these lorries stop. And somebody died the other day and uh, an official said 50 migrants overran the road and tried to slow down traffic by placing different objects in the road. These are nasty people. I don't subscribe to the fact that uh, these are people so desperate to escape that they want to come to this country. Well, they just stay in France. No, because they can get away with more in this country. If they're prepared to throw things and attack people in their vehicles, we don't want them in this country at all. Thank you very much indeed. And I'm sure that the government will be agreeing with me on that. Um, one of these migrants has died, and a Briton then gets out of his car. His car was attacked by 50 people, and in panic, he knocked down one of them, fearing for his life, which you would do if people are banging and rocking the car and everything else. He was swerving to avoid a roadblock of stones and branches. He stopped for help but was set upon by the violent gang and drove off for his own safety. I mean, these people are not... We don't want them in this country. This is, this is what they're like. Over there, over here, they'll be even worse. Daily Mail today. Should women get tested on the NHS to boost their sex drive? Oh, grief. Way too early to be discussing things like that. But one of Britain's biggest exporters is to quit the CBI in protest at its stance against Brexit. This is uh, Anthony Bamford, Lord Bamford of JCB. Uh, He is believed to have decided to pull out over apocalyptic warnings that leaving the EU could cost £100 and lead to 950,000 job losses. Actually, what did you just hear on the news a short while ago? The exchange rate in Europe is terrible. People were getting £1 under €1 they were getting on the exchange rate. I mean, (laughs) and that's now. Is it going to get any better? Who knows? Uh, Donald Trump caught again. Uh, he was out with his daughter, Ivanka. And uh, the other day, he was caught up in an apprentice tape storm. Apparently, he said something else. This is just, you know, you're going, this is going to run and run, isn't it? And then they're going to come up with things. I should imagine the uh, the Clinton camp are rubbing their hands, thinking he's getting something back. And it was Clinton just looked embarrassed the other day. That's him as opposed to her. After they were trotting out to these people at a press conference, making allegations about Bill Clinton who turns out not to be a particularly pleasant person at all. Revealed the Royal Mail delivers danger pills to the elderly. These are being sold through catalogues. Uh, The Royal Mail have a direct contract with at least one firm behind some of these bogus medicines. Uh, The Office for Fair Trading warned in 2007 about the catalogue company behind the Vital Beauty, Vital Nature and Foderma brands. A court in Belgium ruled their publication illegal, In 2011, Royal Mail finally cancelled the contract earlier this year because it's, uh, you know, they're they're deliberately targeting elderly people. They're targeting elderly people 
to uh, to make sure that they get them to spend their money. One woman here lost £70,000. A man, 100000 Uh Dad lost 30000 One man here, uh, Ray Kay, lost £10,000. These are all sorts of people who you would think would be aware of a scam, but it is the sickest con of all. Uh, one of the grandmothers, aged uh, 90, lost her home. Lost her home. Because the, these people, you know, one of them, a cancer sufferer, spent £30,000 on bogus cures. It's all rubbish. It's all rubbish. You know, you don't buy stuff through the post. That's just absolutely ludicrous. Petrol going up in price is another thing that's fairly ludicrous in my book. I don't know why we pay more than anybody in the entire universe. And uh, perfect in pink or too prim, Kate's silk frock splits Britain, like anybody cares. You know, so she's wearing a £428 dress, which she probably didn't pay for. So why does it make any difference? Why would we be remotely bothered by what she's, uh, what she's wearing? But they like to do that because we're supposed to be interested. Diana could sell dresses in the same way that Mary Berry could probably sell pots and pans. Jerry Halliwell, very happy. She's Jerry somebody else now. Uh, she's a mum. Miserable one is Cheryl. I think because, A, she needs some friends. You don't ever see pictures of them going out with their friends, do you? It must be like Billy No Mates going out. They go out and they sit there staring at each other over a table in a so-called swanky restaurant. And um, and then they go home. Must be a very miserable. Why don't they just stay in and order pizza? No point in taking her to posh places. She doesn't understand about posh at all. She thinks all her food comes in a polystyrene box. Uh, the craze threat. This is the uh, England Aces Sun sparking cloud terror. This is the uh, the teenage son of an England football star who's been suspended from his private school for making killer clown threats to other kids. The full story is on page four and five, as you can well imagine, in the sun for this morning. Hostile messages posted on social media along with menacing pictures claim the creepy clowns would be congregating outside school gates. Uh, I think we need to know who this person is, don't we? I'd be very happy to know who, who they are. But you've got them in Manchester. Machete-wielding clowns jumped onto a woman's car. Not going to be long before they jump onto the wrong person's car and they're going to run them over. It's really getting that bad. There was one here, a white-faced clown, scared diners at a restaurant. Somebody's going to take on the wrong person. They're going to be chased out and beaten to pulp. I'm telling you now, it's too dangerous. One driver... Curtis told how he's approached by two machete-wielding teenagers disguised in clown masks and boiler suits. The pair came up to his car in Manchester, stuck their heads through the window and stared menacingly at him without saying a word. When he ignored them, they wandered off and then clambered on a woman driver's car bonnet, leaving her children in tears. In Bracknell, a, crow- a clown appeared at the window of a restaurant terrifying Leia Woodcock and friends. She managed to film him before he fled. They'll find them. They will find them, and they're going to be prosecuting, and we're going to be sending people up, but I want to know who this England Aces son is. What buffoon would that be, ladies and gentlemen, at a private school? Shouldn't take too long, should it, to find out? We find out most things. Uh, the Daily Star have got uh, more, more clowns targeting kids this time. It's going to end in tragedy, take my word for it. Somebody's going to go out there thinking it's all very clever. Somebody of limited intelligence, and uh, somebody who's a lot bigger and a lot stronger than they are, is going to absolutely beat the living daylights out of them. It's going to end in tears. Furious black dancers given the boot. Strictly's new race route. There is no race route. It's made up by the newspapers. It just happened to be two people who couldn't dance have been voted off. It's absolutely a coincidence that they both happen to be black. Both happen to be a coincidence that they both got two legs. A coincidence that they both got two arms. Both have got heads, and as far as I know... They've both got other jobs. So there you go. There's nothing in it at all. It's not racist. It's just they couldn't dance. 
We're not particularly interested. If they're good dancers, they stay, as the papers have proved. It's only certain papers are trying to be making a, some sort of scandal up about it by saying it's racist and everything else. Uh, Ginger Spice, I'm having a baby. Oh, well done you. Because she hasn't really done anything else, has she, apart from getting married. Has she done anything? I don't think so. Oh, she turned up on a baking programme, didn't she? Must have been the first thing to get her out of the house since, uh, since the postman delivered. Uh, Sir Greedy's £2 million bung, secret payments made to top staff as BHS collapsed. And uh, there are lots of calls for old Phil to be stripped of his knighthood. Well, I've never called him Sir Greedy or Sir Philip. He's Phil Green, as far as I'm concerned, and that's the way he'll always remain. Uh, fans raising for Leia Bracknell. This is the ex-Emmerdale actress who's got terminal lung cancer. Uh, £50,000 in a very short space of time. She says, I feel very blessed. I'm surprised, actually. It's going to sound really daft, but uh, it probably make me sound quite mean. But... Has she not got £50,000? She's been an actress for donkey's years. She's got a husband. Have they not got £50,000? Could they not borrow 50000 Do you have to appeal for other people to pay your bills now? Is it like me? I'd quite like to go in and get some skin grafting. Would you like to send me some money for that? No, I'd pay for it myself. You know, if, if, if the producer, you know, became ill for whatever reason, you know, he'd, he'd find the money himself. He'd ask your parents. But she sort of puts it on a... You know, on a page, forgiving, would you like to pay for this? You know, while it's an absolute tragedy and it's terrible, I mean, can't you pay for it yourself? Can't you sort of remortgage the house or something? It's a case of, oh, I'm, I'm dying and I want you to, to pay for the, for the treatment. Don't quite get it myself. I understand where she's coming from, don't get me wrong. I'm just sort of thinking that it just seems odd that she wouldn't have 50,000 quid tied up in the house. Why can't you just release that? Pay for your own medical treatment. Goodness sake, otherwise we're all going to be... We'll be going flat broke, aren't we? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 12 minutes to seven. Whether you're a landlord, a tenant or a homeowner, Clive Bull and his expert guests answer your questions every Thursday night from nine on LBC's Property Hour. And right now, you could win an Apple iPhone 6S, an Apple Watch Sport, and a monster portable battery pack, thanks to Direct Line Landlord Insurance. You can find out more about their de facto five-star rated insurance by searching online for Direct Line Landlord. For your chance to win and to download the Property Hour podcast, go to LBC. .co.uk It's quite nice, isn't it? Only a, only a Tuesday and we're already offering an Apple iPhone 6S, an Apple Watch Sport and a Monster Portable Battery Pack. Thanks to Direct Line Landlord Insurance. So for your chance to win, go to lbc.co.uk You can download the uh, the podcast and enter yourself into the free draw. It's nice, isn't it? Uh, it's nice to have company. I'm here for about another ten minutes. Nick Ferrari and the team will be here at seven o'clock every morning. I'm Steve Allen. The Financial Times this morning... Uh, oil boosted by Putin's support for output cut, because what he's done is he's pushed oil prices uh, to their highest levels when he voiced his support for a cap in production. So that's going to be interesting. They think a freeze or even an oil production cut is likely to be the only right decision to maintain the stability of the global energy section. What does he know about things like that? Has he all of a sudden started studying oil? But anyway, so now it's 3.5% gone up, so 53 75 a barrel. I never quite understand how that works. Out. It's obviously the measurement, isn't it, of how we buy oil. I, don't, I never ever thought it was sort of physically came in barrels. I'm assuming they just sort of pump the stuff out and then they go, oh, you've had, you know, 300 barrels or something or whatever it is. Uh, Ryan abandons Trump in sign of Republicans losing the US vote. And um, uh, Paul Ryan said he would no longer back or campaign with Donald Trump. M- uh, Mike Pence was Mr Trump's running mate who failed to appear for Mr Trump at a weekend rally, sought to end talk that he may replace the candidate at the top of the ticket. 
going on in America, isn't it? And just think, we've got a long way to go yet. going to be a lot more... Uh, a lot more troubled waters to try and calm. Uh, the eye, hammer blow to Trump. Presidential prospects damaged. After Speaker of the House, the highest elected Republican says he won't campaign. Paul Ryan, as I've just told you, all but concedes that Clinton will win and urges fellow congressmen to save themselves from collateral damage. The Trump camp insists grassroots support can still carry him to the White House. The opinion poll gives Clinton an 11-point lead. An 11-point lead. I mean, I have no doubt, really... Oh, here we go again. I did this yesterday, didn't I? Uh, that she's going to win. But I don't think he's going to uh, to stop pushing for it. He still thinks that there is some sort of a, a chance. Uh, scandal, champagne and celebrities. 50 years of the Times diary. So we're looking at the Times, as you can tell. Uh, sleep and why you're not getting enough. It's amazing, isn't it? How many people, probably listening to this programme at the moment, are not getting as much sleep as you should be? You're supposed to. I don't think it's eight, I don't think it's um, eight hours a night that people get. I know. I think Margaret Thatcher famously uh, survived on um, on I think about four or five hours, which is, I, I can do. Howard says, if you require a bodyguard, may I suggest Peter Andre? He appears not to have too much work on at the present. No, there's not a lot going on in poor Pete's life. He's not touring and he's not doing his little uh, little show. Perhaps he can get a ticket to go and see Bross and take uh, take his uh, kids because he loves them. Uh, Paul McCartney should have gone grey 40 years ago. Looks ridiculous with dark hair, says Mike. Why do so many men with older faces? He said, I went grey when I was 20 and I loved it. Yes, I agree. There was an episode of the police reality show Motorway Cops where a lorry ploughed into a line of stationary cars, killing the young girl student in the car at the rear of the queue. This was due to the lorry driver fiddling about with a new phone which had just been fitted. Quite rightly, he was sent to prison. Well, this this one who mowed down four members of the same family. They say he could, he could go to prison for up to ten years. What do you mean could go to prison? That was my family. I'd be calling for the death penalty. Because he was fiddling about putting music on. No, it's not It's not right, is it? Uh, there's a girl on the X Factor from Finland who's already been on The Voice and is a professional singer, Suzanne. Oh, yeah, they, I mean, put it this way, you either get sort of nasty little pieces of work, like the two who've just been kicked off. One, they're, they're twins. Uh, one is supposed to have um, attacked his girlfriend. I'm hoping they don't turn up on the television. I think it would be very remiss of any of these programmes to put somebody on who's got that hanging over them, whereas, in fact, really, they should be putting the girl on. And let's wait and see what they do today, because there's no, uh, no uh, really trying to justify. White D was on Loose Women. Uh, this was the, uh, this was over. She thought of committing suicide because there's no work anymore. I told you I had shelf life. You know, either she's immensely dim, and so they'll they'll put her on Loose Women, and they all sit there clucking over. It's deeply embarrassing, actually, deeply embarrassing. But that's the way Loose Women has uh, has gone. And uh, and Nicholas says you um, you brighten my mornings. She says, also, when an unfortunate breaking news story comes through, you can manage a serious side. Yeah, I can be very serious if I want to be. I just try not to be. I always think there's too much seriousness in this world, isn't there? Too much seriousness. It'd be quite nice if we had a little bit of a... I'm not saying we should have programmes on the radio or television which just deal with good news. You have to deal with sort of miserable stuff at the same time. And we've been moved by stories over the weeks, the months and the years. And so they get equal billing on the programme. But mainly, we try and look at the lighter side of life. It's bad enough for most people getting up as it is anyway. Uh, Her old foe, the story I told you earlier on, if you didn't hear it, then you have to podcast the programme. Mary Whitehouse was right, uh, running battle over public morality, people who think that they're doing the best thing for you, but in fact, really, they're just doing it for themselves. Although I always slightly worry about that, isn't it? I slightly worry about sort of Mary Whitehouse, who used to, you know, busybody herself in, in everybody's life, whereas in fact, really, you know, she should have concentrated more on her own life, I think. She died about the age of 90. 
So obviously the baby Jesus didn't want her for some time. Probably thought she'd cause havoc up there in heaven. Uh, and then all the police officers who had to view all the porn. So presumably, of course, Mary Whitehouse in exactly the same way. I'm assuming that she must have been immune to pornography. So, you know, watching it and telling us about how dreadful it all was. I'm thinking, well, you know, are you not affected by it? Because she keeps telling us that we were affected by it. Although I'm not, um, not exactly thrilled with the idea that we're sort of resurrecting her now. It's a new book that's coming out, incidentally. Uh, a nose for the gloriously vulgar. This is uh, the Daily Telegraph. It's a skirt with the head and trunk of an elephant by the Belgian designer Walter van Berendonck, which is in an, ex- uh, an exhibition called The Vulgar at the Barbican. Uh, and it's a vision to calm even the most stressed commuter. A train travelling serenely through the countryside sent to people's mobile phones. Well, that's what Virgin Trains hope, as it's released a series of slow television-style videos of Lake Windermere, the Yorkshire Dales and Loch Lomond and its phone app. Virgin's chairman, co-chair, Patrick, says the company wanted to make journeys an even more relaxed experience. Oh, I love train journeys. that make me an anorak? Probably. Uh, Also, The Apprentice, TV boss under fire in Trump row. Um, What they want now is they want unseen footage amid claims. It showed Donald Trump using, (coughs) excuse me, the N word. And they want to uh, to make sure that they uh, they've they've got the right end of the stick. Uh, Rooney being dropped by England after 13 years. My time has come. Perhaps he'll end up being a commentator, although really not really the brightest penny in the box, is he? Uh, Teaching assistants, why they're on strike, according to The Guardian. Uh, ministers close to deal for miners in Calais camp. Where they're going to go over here, I've got no idea. And um, and Donald Trump in the debate when he went on the attack amid controversy over remarks he'd made about women in 2005. I mean, the whole thing just made great copy. The Fleet Street, which we loosely call it now, and beyond. And everybody sat there glued to it, thinking, my God, what else can come out? Oh, believe you me, there'll be loads more. There'll be, there are people within both camps digging and digging and digging to find anything. If, uh, if Donald Trump can find four women with allegations against uh, Hillary Clinton's husband... Uh, I I think we're heading on a very slippery slope because they're quite clearly prepared to put anything on the line to make sure that they get the voters' call and they get that trip. Although whether he makes it into the White House, I've got no idea. I don't think he'll survive much longer. It looks so it's providing an awful lot of stress, whereas she seems to be sitting down a lot of the time. I've noticed. We know she's getting old and obviously sitting down is quite good, but she just lets him get on with it and then she just sits back down again and then when she's got something to say, she stands up. So she's doing it in such a way that the pollsters go, well, we like that. We like that. We think that's actually the, the best way to do it. Whereas he's always pacing. He always seemed to get himself into that camera shot where when she was talking, he appeared to be standing behind her. It's all cleverly done. It's all very clever marketing. They'll have people advising them how to stand because they'll have people reading body language. And once you start reading body language, you can go all the way down the Judy James line and start reading just about anything into it at all. Uh, 84850, steve at uk, And uh, another one here. Mike in Finchley says, I'm not going to listen to you at 4am. I've signed up to the podcast service. Well, that's good. That, doesn't, that does it for me. I'm quite happy with, with a podcast service. Uh, and uh, just about it for the programme for this morning. Uh, Kanye West, as was pointed out to me, did ask Mark Zuckerberg for a donation. I think he wanted $80 million because he's broke, isn't he? Kanye West. I don't think he'd, he'd got any money. So, although where the money goes, I've got no idea. They don't appear to be spending anything. He seems to be doing his little... Uh, his little sort of concerts, which he's had to go back to doing. They say it's very brave of him. It's not brave of him at all. He's contracted to do them. He wasn't over in Paris. He thinks that he can solve this all by himself. But uh, I think he wanted his, uh, his, his fans 
to help him pay his uh, his debts. <laughs> Which is a great idea, isn't it? Uh, Steve, as somebody who spends a lot of time wearing a hard hat in oil refineries when loading my tanker, I can't help but wonder how long it'll be before all the colour-coded hats, because the supervisors will be known as blackheads. It's just They're doing it on the television this morning. They're talking about the same thing that we talked about, but we did it first, because we're LBC. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. You can follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show, and you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. Download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet. Never miss a moment. Leading Britain's conversation at 10... It's James O'Brien, but right now, for breakfast, Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am. 